0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. I'm Tawny Ray. And
1: I'm Felicia Connor.
0: And today we are talking about The Grudge, the American original from 2004. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, before we get into all of that, Felicia, what are you drinking? So,
1: I am drinking tea. Exciting! It's like this Arbonne Detox Tea. For two reasons too um the first reason is i have this wonderfully irritating cough i've had since the 28th of december it is not COVID. i tested negative uh so it must be like a bronchitis or something but i just keep coughing so i thought that this would help but honestly let's be real i would be drinking whiskey if i wasn't doing this 30 days of healthy living i did that whole thing when really I'm doing this thing where for 30 days, no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugars, no, all of these things to get your body like detox and healthy. And, you know, I was like, Oh my God, I did this during our birthday month. <laughs> oh no. But then, but that was the, that was when it was starting. You know, my friend yeah. was putting together this group and I was like, let's do it. And so, yeah. um, for the next, you know, all the episodes in January, I'm going to be drinking tea or water. I'll try to get exciting. Try to think of something else.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I, I almost didn't drink today. I was like, uh, cause just because I've been sleeping, like garbage. And side note, update on that weighted blanket. I think it's way worse. <laughs> I think it does way more damage than it does good. I, I'm i not 100% sure. Like, I want to try to bring it back and see if I can't sleep again. But I think it was too heavy. <laughs> Is it, it
1: <laughs> too heavy of a weight? You know you can get them in different weights.
0: I got it in the lightest weight, Oh. In the biggest blanket. So it's 20 pounds, oh. but it's like, it's a like big, big. And so that was the smallest amount that I could get. But I actually think it's so heavy that it's like pushing my body into the bed and, and making me like strain my neck a little bit. It's really weird because I, but it was, last night I slept without it. I went back to my old blanket and I slept way better. And mm. so I think, and like the second or third night or whatever, I doubled up the blanket because Jade can't sleep under it it's too hot for him even though it's supposed to be like a moisture wicking like cool blanket it works for me i don't get hot which is weird because i get hotter than he does but i was like okay fine i'll double it up so it was like two layers of this 20 pound blanket and it felt nice like it felt nice to be snuggled up in it but i i woke up the next day and i was like sore I I messaged you, Felicia, before I noticed how sore I was. And then, like, halfway through the day, I was like, damn, like, my whole back and my shoulders and everything was, like, hurting. And I was like, okay, that was too much weight.
1: That's crazy. So I have a weighted blanket and love it. It's, like, the deepest sleep. But it's only, it really only fits me. I mean, it's, it's like, a little bigger than me, but, like, me and Steve couldn't sleep under it. Right. I I think that's how
0: most of them are. Yeah. I just thought, oh, let's get one for the whole bed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because it
1: weighs, it's like hanging over the side of the bed and just like
0: weighing you down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that was a bad call. But anyway, that was, so I was like, maybe I won't drink. And then Jade's mom gave him a bottle of Riesling. No one, no one likes sweet wine except for me. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll have a couple glasses of wine. Nice. For the podcast. So that's what I'm drinking.
1: Very nice. Yeah. Anything new you've been listening to? Uh, Or watching?
0: We watched the first episode of that History of Swear Words. Have you seen any of it? No, not yet. It's all right. I really don't like Nick Cage. So I'm like a Nick Cage hater. I don't like his parts of this show, but it's kind of interesting. Oh, and we did start watching this series on Netflix called Magic for Humans. Mm. And it is so good. I highly recommend this. It's like, they're like 20 minutes episodes, which is nice to just sometimes have a short thing to watch. God, I actually have been watching a lot. Sorry. Um, and it's just fun. It's just nice. It's kind of like comedy mixed with magic and it's just a wholesome ass show. I like it. Yesterday I was feeling incredibly anxious by the end of the day. And so I was like, can we, Jade? can we like watch one of these shows again? Like I just need something to make me feel better. And then uh, we have been watching the newest season of Killing Eve. Have you seen any of this show? Nope. It is so mind-blowingly good. I highly recommend it. What is that on? It's on Hulu. And I believe all the seasons are on Hulu. But it's like a BBC show. And it's got Sandra Oh in it, who Mm -hmm. I think was in Grey's Anatomy. She is fantastic in this. And I can't remember the other main girl's name. But it's essentially like a cat and mouse um, show about a, like somebody in, oh, what is it? MI6, maybe? Um, I think that's right. <laughs> Who's trying to track down an assassin, a female assassin. So, like, the other main character is this woman. She does a phenomenal job. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. What about you? I just turned, <laughs> I wasn't like, oh, get over it, Tawny. I just turned this way because I thought I heard noises. <laughs> Oh, I didn't No, no one sneaking on, on me this time. <laughs> no,
0: you need some mirrors. You should I get do. some of those right here.
1: Yeah. Oh, I might. Um, no, I haven't watched anything. I've just been working, working. I've not watched anything, but I did listen to the podcast "Unforbidden Truth," and I listened to a couple of episodes there, and it is really good. It's short. The short. It's short episodes, like seventeen minutes long. But what he does is, and you can find him on um, Instagram. I believe it's at Unforbidden Truth, but Unforbidden Truth. And so what the host does is he gives you a recap of this crime that this person committed, and then he calls them in prison and asks them questions. What? Yeah. So it's really, I mean, sometimes like I was listening to, listening to one and the guy wouldn't even talk about his crime, but it was interesting. It was interesting just to hear them like, one constant thing I've heard in all of them is these criminals are just they are constantly complaining about how they're treated in prison okay I'm not starting a political conversation if things can be changed in the prison system we know that like there's I'm not even opening that up but I'm just talking about like this one guy that like raped and killed teenage girls He's all, yeah, you know, like I didn't even get to talk in my trial and um, I don't even get another appeal for like 50 years. And at one point he does say, well, the guy asks him about uh, if he actually committed the crime. He goes, yeah, I mean, you know that I, you know, raped and killed that girl. But, and he goes, so you're admitting that you didn't. He's like, well, yeah, but I don't want to talk about that crime. I want to talk about how I don't get to because of COVID I don't get to go work in the kitchen and I don't and all of them do that this one woman killed her two children and she talks about it oh my gosh she taught she first of all is complaining she's complaining that she's on medication because she's schizophrenic borderline personality depressive all of these things and I would, I'll finish this and I'll stop, um, that she's on all this medication and she's complaining that she's being mistreated because she doesn't want to be on medication. She just wants to be able to be herself, how God made her and that <clears throat> they're mistreating her and they're going to have to answer to God. So then he asks her, can you walk us through what happened with your kids? She talks about what she did to taking her kids out there and shooting them, like just talks about it. And this is what I did. And then moves on about and it's, it blows my mind. It's kind of, it's very interesting to hear these people just like from their own mouths that did these terrible crimes. In my opinion, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Have you seen, there's a Netflix show called, I think, Confessions of a Killer. Yeah. Have you seen any of those? Mm -hmm, That's interesting. So I could see how this would be interesting, but I'm also not shocked that you give these people a platform and that's what they're gonna do, right? They're gonna complain about Again, what it's like I'm, in I, prison. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm saying the same thing as you, Felicia. I'm not saying that there's not room to be, you know, to make these people's lives better or anything like that. I'm not saying they're just huge complainers, but I am saying that, you know, I think everybody as individuals, we kind of tend to think about our own world first and foremost, you know what I mean? So it's like, it makes sense that. Upon calling these people, they're going to say, this is my life. This is what it's like in prison. And I'm, you know.
1: Yeah. He has like this this. agenda. He asks them, you know, how they are, what it's like in prison. And then tell me about your crimes. And then gives them an opportunity to say whatever they would like to say, like a parting message. But he really tries to drill into the crimes, which I appreciate. And he tries to. Well, I appreciate that he's, um, I don't know, he makes them, he's not disrespectful to them. But he's also not coddling, if that makes okay. sense. Like, because yeah. these people did do horrific crimes. So um, it's not like a platform of all about, look what's happening to these prisoners. We need to change the prison system. Um, yeah. And, but he also doesn't berate them and attack them. He He makes it like a comfortable conversation. I don't know. It's a nice balance is what I guess what I'm trying to say.
0: What was it called again?
1: <laughs> Unforbidden Truth.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. So... I am so nervous about this conversation. I just want to jump into it. I just want to get in from here. Oh, for the movie? For The Grudge, yeah. Okay. I am so nervous about it. So Why? I've been like for Why? days because I'm just like, oh my God, I hope. And don't. you don't have to answer me now because we still got shit we got to go through before we get there. But I'm like, I hope to God Felicia loves this and doesn't hate it. And I I just, I don't know, I think, even though I was excited to have you watch movies in the beginning of the podcast, like, now there's, like, this extra weight. I think now that we've, like, hammered out, like, a little bit more of a format. You know, we have a very loose format, but it's, like, now, you know, now that we've been doing it for, like, six-ish months, I, this is the first movie that I really feel like super nervous about because it's like one of my all time favorites. And I, and it also is so like nostalgically tied to me and my childhood kind of. (laughs) And so I'm like, just so excited and nervous at the same time about it. And so I've felt that way for days. I'm like, Oh God.
1: You know what? I feel you. I feel, I feel that way about the strangers, which we're doing next week. Because that, that is my all-time favorite. I mean, nostalgically, Halloween, like, you know. But my right. w- favorite scary movie, like, legitimately scared me to my core, is The Strangers. So I think I feel the same way. Not to hinder, you know, give it the score you want to give it. But I feel the same way, right? Because yeah. you love it so much. So what if I tear it apart?
0: Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm going to feel this way. Times two, probably, for Silent Hill. So this yeah, it's going to be an interesting month. That was me.
1: I liked Sinister. I could handle if you didn't like it, but I really liked it. But The Strangers, I'm not going to be able to handle it.
0: I know. <laughs> it's like the one time we're going to be like, we're going to duke it out. I don't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so with that being said, let's jump into it. So...
1: Are you doing the summary?
0: I am okay
1: because josh with horror movie crew podcast came up with a name for this segment
0: oh god tell me i didn't even know about this
1: he called it two seconds with tawny and then i changed it two minutes with tawny because you usually take two minutes or more but that was what he
0: said okay okay (laughs) i like that i am nervous this one okay this one y'all this was a tough one because the way that this movie is laid out is non-linearly yeah yeah however I didn't want to do the summary in a linear fashion because I felt like it was doing a disservice to this movie because again what I'm trying to keep in the back of my mind is if you've seen this movie but it's been like you know eight years or whatever since you've seen it you may not want to go back and watch the movie right before listening to our podcast so you may want a refresher and I just felt like if you hadn't seen this in a while you probably... I, I want you to remember this movie in the steps that the shit happened. But I don't want to spend a lot, a lot of time on it. However, I literally just had enough time to squeak this out right before we started recording. So I haven't timed it. I don't know how long it is. It may be beyond two minutes.
1: Fingers well, crossed it's short. Two minute approximate. Two minutes with right. Tawny.
0: Two minutes with Tawny. <laughs> two to ten like,
1: minutes with Tawny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like the alliteration there. <laughs> 2 to 10 minutes ish with Tawny. Yes. <laughs> Thank you Josh. That is a great suggestion. <laughs> I'm I'm running with that. So, um forgive me if this sucks cuz I haven't even I was going to time myself and try to run through it once, but
1: don't here even we go. worry about it. We're here. You know people have that little fast forward button on their <laughs> on their podcast if, if they don't if they don't want to hear our recaps, you know? True, I'm here for it. I'm ready.
0: Real quick. We're going to spoil this movie, and we're going to cuss a bunch, so just prepare your buttholes for that. Anyway, here we go. We begin our story with Peter, who terrifyingly commits suicide by jumping off his balcony in the first two fucking minutes of this movie. Right away. We're just jumping in. Okay, next, we meet Yoko, a care worker who is caring for an almost catatonic older American woman named Emma. She tries to pick up the trail of trash in the home that leads her directly to the attic. You know this is about to be a problem. (laughs) When she investigates the attic, she gets fucking nabbed by the scariest ghost woman you've ever seen and pulled into the attic. Then we meet our protagonist, Karen. Unfortunate name now in time. (laughs) Every time I typed it out, I was like, fuck, oh well. Um, Then we meet our protagonist, Karen, who went with her boyfriend to Japan. She goes to work and finds out she'll be filling in for Yoko, who didn't show up for work. Karen goes into the house Yoko was at and finds a little boy taped into the closet from the outside named Toshio and calls her boss, Alex, to come help. She then unfortunately becomes the audience for Emma's death as a ghost woman descends from the corner of the room and looks directly at Karen. Terrifying. Next, we go back in time to see when Emma's family first came to the home with the realtor to buy it. The realtor has a disturbing moment in the bathroom trying to drain the bathtub. Once this family moves in, they all get murdered by this ghost. (laughs) I'm flying through this. We're making good time. Okay, back in current time, Alex shows up to find Emma dead and Karen in shock and calls the police, which is when Detective Nakagawa shows up who finds the dead bodies of Matthew and Jennifer in the attic, along with a disembodied jaw. Then we see Susan, Matthew's sister, get stalked and eventually nabbed by the ghost from underneath the covers. Another great scene. There's, I just, I had to start skipping scenes. I was like, it's too much to talk about every scary scene in this whole movie. Okay. Then though, let's, having said that my next The next scene is my favorite scene, and it happens when Yoko shows up at her place of work at night, shocking Alex, who asks her what happened, leaving a trail of blood also, I should mention. Yoko turns around and is missing her bottom jaw, and Alex gets taken out. So who else is left? Who else is left in this movie? Only a couple people. Karen, doing a little bit of web sleuthing, finds the Sayaki family who lived in the house and all died. Their names are Kayako, Toshio, and I didn't write down the name of the husband, (laughs) so I don't know. I don't remember what his name is. Um, But along with that, she finds the article, an article about Peter, our guy from the very beginning, who jumped off the balcony to his death. Then she leaves, deciding to go back to the house to do some real-world sleuthing as well. She goes to Peter's wife and looks through pictures to find Kayako in the background of all photos of him like a truly dedicated stalker. Now we jump back in time again to see how Peter got letters from Kayako and decided to go to the house, and then he finds Toshio, side note, in ghost form, through a window, who baits him inside by pretending to collapse. There's a lot of jumping in this movie. I'm sure you remember that if you watched it. But so now we go back to the present time, and Detective Nakagawa decides to burn down the house, but gets murdered the spirits immediately <laughs> then Doug Karen's boyfriend stupidly decides to go to the house and so Karen rushes there to stop his ass from going in but it's way too late he's already in there now we get the full story of what happened by jumping back in time again to see how Peter discovers the creepy ass shrine to him inside the Sayaki home and Kayako Kayako's body which falls out of the attic Kayako's husband had discovered her obsession with Peter and kills her, Toshio, and Toshio's cat in a fit of rage before hanging himself, Karen now finds Doug, who's clearly on his last leg, and Kayako begins her infamous descent down the stairs toward them. Doug dies and Karen manages to almost burn the house down before being taken away to the hospital. But while identifying Doug's body, Kayako appears behind her. End of movie. I was like, you're right, two to to six-ish minutes, I don't know.
1: That was great, though. It was your own, yep. huh? Yeah, I wrote shit, that up. I'm going to have to write that up for... Damn, that was good.
0: We sped through it. I hope I hope I hit all the major points. Do you feel like I missed anything? Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, there's some additional stuff we'll talk about, but not main points to the storyline, I don't think.
0: <clears throat> I felt like I really had to outline the first handful of scenes in, like, a more detailed way, because I feel like that's what gets us set up in this movie. And then mm-hmm. there's some shit in the middle that I kind of condensed... You know, I didn't get into super yeah, details. That was really but then good. the end, we, we got to get back into the details. So, anyway, thank you.
1: That was a real good two minutes with Tawny. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> so, the director of this movie is Takashi Shimizu. And, uh, side note here, he directed the original Zhuan, which is what mm-hmm. this movie is a remake of. It, all of those films, because I think there are a handful, two or three maybe. Uh, in original in uh, Japanese, and so he returned to direct the American remakes. Shimizu was eager to work on the remake of his own film, as he saw it was an opportunity to improve and fix some of the perceived problems and flaws that were present in the original film. And he doesn't speak English, so he had to have translators on set to help him uh, direct the cast and crew who didn't understand Japanese. Just thought that was kind of oh, that is side note.
1: what an interesting like experience and dynamic that must have been. Yeah. Um, was it shot in Japan? It was shot in Japan, right? So probably a lot of the the actors that were supposed to be native to Japan could, but not like yes. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Michelle Gellar, that's her name, right? Buffy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And those guys. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yes, it was shot in Japan with the Japanese crew, and um, I watched today the DVD commentary because <laughs> this is the one of like seven movies that I own on DVD. And I've actually, I don't think I've ever watched a movie with the DVD commentary or the like cast and crew commentary. This is the first time I've ever done that. So I went, I went all in on this research, y'all. I was like listening to them. And they talk a lot about that language barrier and how, um, you know, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar in particular says English is so literal. And so like that was something that was a little bit difficult. And I think just in general, they had some difficulties trying to understand what he was going for and communicate back, but they seem to have, you know, overcome that enough to get to a good place. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So for cast, we've got Sarah Michelle Geller as Karen, Jason Bear as Doug, Katie Strickland as Susan Williams, William Mapother as Matt. I'm not sure if that's how you say that. Clea Duvall as Jennifer, Grace Zabrinsk, no, Grace Zabrisky as Emma. Bill Pullman as Peter, and Ted Raimi as Alex Jones, and, sorry, I have one more, Ryo Ishibashi as Detective Nakagawa. I just felt like he was a good um, mm-hmm. insert because he was really great, and he is apparently some sort of rock star. That's what they talked about today at, on the Like TV. a
1: musical rock star or just like he's awesome?
0: Yeah, like they, he was like giving them CDs.
1: Oh, like set, Steven like, Tyler rock star.
0: Yeah, they said, oh, fuck, I wish I remember who they. Stephen Tyler maybe is who they? Aerosmith? Um, Stephen Tyler? Related. Yeah. They were like related to him too. What? In Japan? Isn't that weird? I know. I was like, and they this were man's even like related Are you to Stephen Tyler? No, no, no. They were just like likening him to. Oh. Sorry. Got it. Oh, it's like wow, wow. <laughs> Not really related, but they were saying like he is a Stephen Tyler of I Japan. I
1: totally just read of. your mind. Because I was like a rock star, like Steven Tyler, and you're like, actually,
0: yeah. Yeah, I maybe, I'm hoping that was the right name. I could have just plucked that from you, but... Um,
1: <laughs> I planted it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> they said someone, I can't remember who it was. But the other note here, as I was going to say for Ted Ramey is Sam Ramey's brother. So Sam Ramey is, a, I think, a producer on this movie. And oh. he's the one who's done all the Evil Dead movies and
1: oh. Oh, driving yeah. me to hell.
0: Oh. And yeah, so he's he's big 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 horror name guy. Um so that's kind of fun. He looks very much like him. Uh the budget was 10 million and the box office was 187 million.
1: Wow.
0: Yes. Wow. So for scores, we've got IMDb has a 5.9 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes is 40%, really? Metacritic is 49%. Yes, I know. I'm shocked by these low numbers. Yeah little hint as to how Felicia felt about this. And 82% of Google users, Google watchers, I don't know how they're put online, liked this movie.
1: You know what's really good? We can do that. So I know you're going to edit all the coughs just pre-apologizing. I have cough drops in my mouth. Look at all these cough drops. I have them all around me. <laughs> but I'm going to do that now. I'll do the ratings, then I'll just, I'll see what your response is. And then if you're like, mm-hmm, that sounds about right, then I'll <laughs> mentally prepare for the onslaught. <laughs>
0: Yes. It's a good little hint. I think I did that last time, too. I think for Sinister, I was like, really? Because, like, I've never... I don't think I've ever met anybody who disliked Sinister. And I I think the ratings were low on that, from what I remember, but... Yeah. Anyway, so now comes the moment of truth. (sighs) Felicia, with this being my pick, how did you feel about this movie?
1: So, I thought it was at least a 50 Just joking.
0: (laughs) If you're not on YouTube, Tawny
1: is like... (laughs) Her eyes, she's ready. I loved it. I definitely... That woman is the scariest ghost that I've ever seen in a movie. She was so... I get cold chills right now thinking about her. My favorite was the very beginning where she goes up in the attic and she's going around and that face was there. It was almost... It had this very it was unreal and real at the same time, yeah. so scary. I thought i thought um the, I thought the whole th- i liked the storyline I thought the only things I would say, but it didn't ruin it for me there were some uh maybe questionable acting moments or or maybe you know just like not the best acting, but it wasn't terrible. I wasn't sitting yeah. there going, oh come on it was it was almost like how they delivered the line versus yes. their reactions or anything, right? There was some of those moments, um, but I thought their reactions were really good. When they're supposed to be scared or terrified, those were really good. It was more like the day-to-day. The first thing that comes to my mind is when um, uh, the the wife and husband are talking... Um, I don't remember their names, but they had just moved into that house and the mother was sleeping in the other room. And there was like, they're kind of. She was. Uh, is this a scene in the kitchen? In the kitchen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And he's like, what, baby girl? Where's my travel mug? And it's like, a mug? Oh, yeah. It's your travel mug. That's okay. And then okay. she's like, <laughs> I
0: didn't notice that. She okay. looks
1: all like, oh, and he's like, what's wrong? I was walking and I didn't know where I was going. And I'm like, what is she talking about? And then it clicked, I was like, oh, like she's saying she doesn't like being there because she doesn't know where she's going. But it wasn't like, it, I wasn't like, oh, come on. It was more like I was trying to tune in. So there was those, a, a few of those types of moments, a, a couple between, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller. but it was almost just like these awkward maybe transitions or something. But that that was it. Um, and there was one awkward transition, but maybe it was just me, where I don't remember what led into it. But all of a sudden, the woman—I didn't realize—and this is probably my fault—that all of this happened within one day. <laughs> I did once it started going. Like, um, there was this woman, right? She's a total mess because the one woman, the one girl, comes to take care of her and gets killed. She said that older lady was like just you know a mess. She was so scared and everything. And then she walks in the door and she's perfectly primed and proper. And it took me a minute yeah. to go, oh, this is, this is the past. It was like an interesting transition. But I mean, again, it wasn't like, oh, this sucks. Not at all. I thought that, um, it was really good and it definitely wasn't a pacing thing. Cause it's like the first few minutes, yeah. it's like, it's just an onslaught of like, shit's happening.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We jump right the fuck in. Yeah. And- I agree with you. Upon watching this now, I was sort of like, ooh, if Felicia doesn't like anything about this movie, it's that sometimes people make questionable decisions, and sometimes the acting, I just think, I think the problem is maybe not, the acting is pretty stale. Like, I will say that for sure. Pretty much across the board. People didn't give, like, horrible performances, but they also weren't, like, They also didn't stand out either. It just felt, but I think the problem is really with character development. Like, we really don't get to see a lot into the lives of these people. We're just watching them getting fucking picked off. They're just, they're (laughs) like, oh, here's this, here's this family, they dead. Like here's this woman, they dead. Like a woman and her (laughs) boyfriend, they're dead. Detective, he dead. Realtor, he dead. Like everybody's just fucking getting put in and kicked out like immediately. So I think there's just like no time for character development. So that's kind of a bummer, but I agree. Some of the acting is really stale, and I was I was so nervous about it. I was like, Felicia is not going to like this movie, because everybody is like acting just like cardboard cutouts like all throughout this movie.
1: They are, but you know what? The visuals are some of the scariest I've seen. Yes. Some of the scariest I've seen. I already mentioned the ghost lady. Terrifying. The little boy was scary. It was more scary. <clears throat> he didn't scare me as much as the mother, except when... Bill Pullman looked out the window and his mouth opened really big in black. Like, that was creepy. And the woman with no jaw was on point. That was great. So it was like the visuals, the scary visuals were so good that the kind of, you know, mediocre or not that great acting didn't ruin the movie because of that.
0: Yeah, it gets taken over by the yeah. good in this movie. Yeah. And I love the non-linear, nonlinear fashion of this movie. So, some, like what you were saying, some of it does happen in a day. Some of it's a little bit further in the past, right? Like you've got the family moving in, like that happens. And so, one of but the things that like I like the
1: next day
0: is when Yoko comes.
1: Because didn't he say something about, oh, yeah, the the husband didn't show up for work?
0: And it was just, like,
1: a day or two ago they didn't show up for work. I
0: guess what I'm referencing is when they come and look at the house, right? So, like, we've got... They come and look at the house. I I agree that it does seem like all of the action that happens sort of happens in a very quick succession. But the, the story of the Sayaki family happens, like, I think three years. And then those people come to look at the house. That's three years after the fact, right? So, like, there's moments in this movie that happen further than a day away. But you're right. Like, Bill Pullman's character... Peter goes to the house, finds her body. He dies the next day. It's like all pretty quick. I think like after that stuff happens. But um, something that I found was interesting and I don't remember where I got this. I'm sorry. I watched all of the DVD featurettes. Okay. Which didn't include deleted scenes. And I was really like mad about that. I didn't buy the the Blu-ray. Apparently all the deleted scenes and some extra shit is on the Blu-ray. Boo. I just have the regular DVD. So I didn't (laughs) see any of that. But I watched anything available on there and then the commentary. So I don't remember where I picked this up. But essentially what somebody said, and this makes sense when you think about it, but I had never like fully registered this in my mind. We start the story in the middle with Karen. And as the sto- obviously it's edited differently than this, but Karen, we watch her story happen from now on, like when yeah. we meet her on. And everything else we're sort of introduced from Karen backwards Oh, yeah. So like everything sort of like starts in the middle and moves out linearly if this makes sense and then we reach the ends of both of these yeah, past you're and, right. and now and they converge at the end of the movie right so like I thought that was really neat you know that once you think about it but it's like I don't know an interesting way of thinking
1: yeah, about it Yeah that's a so. very cool that's very cool I like that
0: Yeah and to just give you my perspective on this, I I think I, I can't remember if I told you this. I fucking love this movie obviously. I wouldn't have picked it this month if I didn't love it. But I went to go see this bitch in theaters like four fucking times. Like <laughs> and I was 13. Like I'm thinking to myself, this movie came out in 2004. I had to have just and it's PG-13, which is at some points shocking <laughs> when you're watching this movie. This is always the movie I think of when I think of the most Like pushing it. Like they are pushing it on the PG 13 rating. I was shocked it wasn't an R rated movie. Yeah. But I went to go see this in theaters, I think four times. And I was fucking 13. Isn't that like, I don't know, it just blows my mind a little bit thinking about how young I was, but I was stoked on this movie as a like 13 year old kid. And so obviously I love it. And when I have, but I haven't watched it in a long time. It's been a while since I watched it, even though I own it. So I I put this on, ramped it up, and as soon as Yoko started going up in that attic, I literally got giddy, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, we're about to go to that. Because I knew that scene was happening. And that's, like, one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is when she goes up in the attic and the, the lighter, and she moves it around, and fucking Kayako Ooh, her is right there. Yeah. Oh, so creepy. So I was, like, so... Stoked. And we talked about this in our in our year in review episode. And I believe it was uh, Homies of Horror that asked us, what movies do you just put on to make you happy? I would add this to that list because <laughs> I was just fucking like jazzed watching the whole movie and then jade came out like halfway through and was watching the second half with me and i was like this movie is so good right it's so fucking good like i was just like <laughs> so excited awesome. I, I watched it like twice three times with the dvd commentary uh i just am in love with this movie so that's just my quick little review
1: <laughs> oh that's awesome that's such a good review i love it i so just <laughs> not to beat a dead horse i think this is where i got confused Uh, When they were looking at the house, so they were looking at the house, then they bought the house and then there was that night scene. So it seemed like, you know, they're living there with their mom for a temporary amount of time, possibly forever, you know, based on if the wife likes it or not. And then it just very rapidly like they died. And then there was one point, which I wish I could remember where the cop I think I misinterpreted. He had said um, that he, the uh, someone went to go check on the house because or they as they said something about how he didn't show up for work and it made it seem like this was fairly recent, not three years ago, but that he was saying that he three years ago he didn't show up for work and then they had just no. found them. Oh
0: no, okay. I'm sorry. to back up, I think the the Sayaki family when they actually get killed in actual linear fashion. Like the first thing that happens is the whole family dies in the house, the Sayaki Mm -hmm. family, right? And then three years goes by. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the original family.
1: Sayaki is, um, oh, is the original family's name.
0: Yes. Sorry.
1: We're on the exact same page because I kept thinking that that was like the um, elderly lady's name.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. sorry. No, so we've got the Sayaki family, which includes Kayako, Toshio, Toshio. and the husband, which I didn't yeah. write down, sorry, I don't know his name. That's <laughs> <jerk>. That guy. <laughs> Fuck him. We don't yeah, even need to know a his jerk. name. So they so they die, right, in the house, uh, or are murdered. Um, and then three years go by, and then the Williams family is who you're thinking of, with Emma, Matt, yes. uh, Jennifer. And that and was all fairly s- recent, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think like You know, that happens, three years goes by, they look at and move into the house. And then I'm just assuming there's, like, probably some time in between when they move in, or, like, when they buy the house and move in, right? Like, I'm just assuming they needed at least a few days to, like, get all the shit in the house. They probably
1: had to look at a few houses, right?
0: Well, and they probably had to move all their shit in, right? Because the scene in the kitchen, to me, indicates that they just woke up from sleeping there.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah, but so there's it's still boxes like, and stuff, so they, it was just recently moved in.
0: Yeah, so I'm assuming that I, they at least spent one night in the house. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's mm-hmm. where the big gap of time is, in my mind. And then they spend, the, they're there, they wake up. That day is when she gets got mm-hmm. by the ghosts, okay? And then he comes home, finds her, sees Toshio in the corner, he fucking dies. It all happens very rapidly after that, I feel like. So from that point forward, to your point, I think it does happen over the space of, like, literally a couple days.
1: Why do you think the elderly lady lasted so long?
0: That's a very good question, and I found myself wondering that also.
1: I mean, for the story, she had to, because she had to have the care workers come to care for her, but...
0: Right. But why she didn't die before that moment, I don't know. Maybe... I mean, I'm, I'm. this is a stretch. I'm really filling in gaps on my own here. But maybe it's that she didn't pose as much of a threat to the house or something. Like, because she's pretty much, like, lethargic. She, she doesn't move around or do much.
1: But she wasn't when she got there. When she was looking at the house, she was all, like, spruced up. She looked really well taken care of. Sorry, I have this thing in my mouth. Really w- well taken care of. Was You know what I mean? Looking around the house. <clears throat> and then it's almost like mentally she started to deteriorate. Uh,
0: I think I think there was some deterioration before then, though. Because I why would she be living with them to begin with? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If she couldn't. So it does seem like That's it true. declines rapidly once she's in the house. Because the first thing she does, she goes to the room and stares up at the attic. Mm-hmm. And from that point forward, she seems like to get worse and worse. But... I think they're taking care of her to begin with, kind of. So, that maybe. But I yeah, I don't actually have a good story reason like why they hold off on killing her longer than they do other people.
1: I wonder if she just tried to ignore it. And the reason I say that would be really hard to ignore. But when she finally looks the ghost woman in the eyes when it comes down, first of all, that was phenomenal. The hair. I found myself rewinding a lot because stuff happened so gradually. Then when it was fully in front of me, I was like, oh, I rewound it. Not in a bad way. I rewound it to see it again because I didn't want to miss it. That hair scene was one of those things where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there was this hair and I'm like, oh, and I rewound it to see it was just black and then it just kind of came down like mold and came out. And then when it came up and she looked, when she laid down and looked it in the face and screamed, she died after that.
0: Yeah. So just on that scene, this, this, I'm sure we'll talk about this more and more as we go through here, but a lot of this movie is practical. And I'm sure you can tell just from how old it is, old, um, watching it now, there's, there's a little bit of CGI, but, um, Shimizu really, like, tries not to use CGI at all or as little as humanly possible. So that scene She's I saw some like behind the scenes stuff and she's like up on a little like thing, laying down over Emma. And they added a little bit of CGI in, in you know in post, obviously. But for the hair, I think, yeah, and the floating there, that looks obviously computer generated. But I I it's interesting as we go through here, and I have more notes on this, but it's just all a lot of practical effects.
1: That's very cool. I starting now that I'm understanding the difference, really liking, almost preferring the practical effects that I watch in movies versus the CGI.
0: For sure. Just because CGI, it moves so the technology moves so fast that within, you know, a handful of years, you can tell, oh, this looks old. You know, Mm -hmm. like I was watching some I was watching the Lord of the Rings, like the first couple movies in those that trilogy I was like, damn, some of this holds up and some of this does not hold up as well. Oh, like
1: wow. it doesn't it make
0: it a much. bad movie, but you're like, Ooh, I could see that is all green screen. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Yeah. Um, but yeah, here's another thought. What if, again, I'm, I'm reaching here. I don't know that this is what anybody intended, but what if the ghost used her as a lure to get more people to come to the house
1: oh yeah
0: because let's stop for a second let me give you a little background so the type of ghosts that kayako and toshio are is based on the japanese legend of the anryo a vengeful spirit that can actually physically manifest itself to attack and kill vengeance so like a lot of the time they're like resentful or vengeful it seems like and like so why wouldn't you want to use if you're out to do as much damage as possible, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm reaching. We don't have anything within the movie to tell us yeah. that yeah. it's trying to hurt people outside of the home, but by bringing them to the house, but.
1: It makes sense, though. I think that's a good, that could be it, yeah. Because they loop in a whole lot of people. And if she would have died, they would have got, like, the cops and stuff like that. But, yeah, they had all these people that were caring for her. That they mm-hmm. were luring. And it was almost like, yeah, you're right. Because it was almost like the lady knew, right? As soon as someone came in, she was like, oh, you know, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right.
0: Maybe. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching and I didn't hear anything like that in all of my research. But, you know. One of the things that I love about this movie is the absolute relentlessness of this movie. And we talked about it a little bit. Just right off the bat, it hits you scene after scene after scene. Two minutes in, we've got somebody committing suicide by jumping off their balcony. It is, and there is like, there's maybe a couple moments in this movie that are comedic relief. One of them being when the detective reviews the tape and sees the, you know, eyes of Kayako in the the footage and he checks around him. I remember the audience in one of the times that I went to see this in theaters, I remember people laughing or maybe multiple times. Oh, interesting. But it's so minor of a comedic moment because, you know, now it's like, I don't know it for whatever reason. Now it feels like comedic moments breaks have to be like big. Like yeah. we need it. We need to really laugh. We need a funny line. We need like slapstick shit. Sometimes it's, but this, uh, th- it's like just that, and it's so And I didn't small. even
1: read it as comedic, because yeah. I'd be doing the same damn thing. <laughs> yeah, you're. All, Ugh. After that movie, I was like, I just gotta wash my makeup off. It was so hard to like. I kept my eyes open as much as possible, and then you know when I rinse, I had to close my eyes, and my whole back was just like kind of like, oh, something's gonna be there. <laughs> I yes. even opened my eyes with this
0: stuff dripping down just to make sure. <laughs> so another fun fact about that, uh, Shimizu on the, you know, one of the things that I watched said that he wanted to create horror that remains in the heart. And he was like speaking about things that after you watch the movie, you go home and you're scared of like mm-hmm. underneath the blankets Right, with that scene mm-hmm. where Susan gets nabbed.
1: I think about that often.
0: In the in the shower when she's showering and there's the hand in the hair. I had like literally no reason to be afraid of taking a shower, and I, th- I feel like I remember people saying, "Oh, I feel really vulnerable in the shower and I'm scared in the shower." But I didn't have a reason to be afraid of that until I saw this movie, and then I was like, "Oh shit, now I get it." Because you're vulnerable. It's like yeah. when you're at your most vulnerable, you're like totally naked in the shower, and <laughs> yeah. like really scary so I thought that was kind of a neat a totally accomplished right like you accomplish that goal because you've got all these moments like that that are just unsettling
1: yeah even I, after you watch it when I turned it off I felt scared
0: yeah I felt stressed too I turned
1: I left the bathroom light on I usually turn <laughs> off all the lights I left it on and I left my door open
0: <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah. that's a win dude That is a win for me on this movie, and
1: that whole thing I mentioned with washing my face happened. Mm -hmm. I was very nervous, and I even opened my eyes, and it stung a little because I was like, "I gotta look." (laughs) (laughs) The you know the one thing I thought was funny—it's so slight. Again, didn't ruin it for me, but I just noted it. Wow, Bill Pullman's wife was really dressed up, just pretty much hanging around the apartment.
0: I thought that too. And I thought, where is she going? And I watched it a couple times and I don't know if I just missed something. Cause I was like really focused on taking notes and listening to the commentary and like, you know, so it's possible I missed something. But the fact that you think that too, makes me think they didn't say anything about it. In the no,
1: movie. she just okay. was there hanging around the house in the afternoon and dressed up like she was going to the Vegas club.
0: I was also like, <laughs> did she just, where did she? Yeah. I was like, did she just get back from the Funeral, but like I don't know that you'd be dressed like that at a funeral. Like I, (laughs) no way,
1: dude. She was wearing like this red tight slinky side dress, lots of makeup and bling. She's wearing that to the funeral.
0: (laughs) Same, dude. I was like, I was like, what is happening here? I'd never noticed that before on any other rewatch. Like because we're just being like extra critical now. Yeah, because he was a professor. Yeah.
1: So, I assume. In the beginning, their home. And I don't know real estate in Japan. Maybe their apartment was a very expensive apartment. I don't know. I didn't get the feel that they were really wealthy. That that's why she would be walking around like yeah, super fancy, fur, coat, yeah. fur robes and shit. Yeah, and he was kind of just like a professor with his corduroy, you know, just like. It wasn't like yeah. he was, you know what I'm saying. I, I It do. just struck me. I was like, wow, she's real dressed up.
0: <laughs> no, I had the same thought. It's like full makeup and everything. It looks like she's about to go out to a club tonight, right now, <laughs> at like three in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, because no, it was like really early in the morning because didn't um, Sarah, it's not her name though, Sarah Michelle Geller. She yeah, her husband or I'm sorry, her boyfriend was still sleeping. Yeah, that's right. And she left him a little note and
0: snuck out. Maybe it was from the night before. She went out on the town the night before.
1: Walk a shame. That's what it was. Her makeup what stayed we, intact, though.
0: It did. Here's what we didn't know in the movie: their marriage wasn't great. So when he died, she was like, "Oh, I'm free," yeah, <laughs> and exactly. she went out.
1: Which is the backstory of why she was wearing that party dress when
0: right. We just made that up. That's yeah, but uh, you know what? That seems like it. it makes sense. Yeah, I love it. The only other moment that I can think that's mildly comedic is when Susan, the sister goes back to her apartment and then looks through the peephole and it's, um, it looks like it's her brother mm-hmm. but then she opens the door and he's gone. Um, when, when she looks through and it's him, there's like this moment of relief. And on the DVD commentary, they were talking about sitting in the theater. People lost it at that moment. They like laughed because you think it's something scary. And then all of a sudden it's not, of course we know right after that moment, it is the ghost but for a half second, there is this sense of relief. And after they said that, I remember having that moment too. Oh shit, it's him. Okay. Everything's fine. And that is kind of in itself. Really? It's not, it's not blatantly comedic, but it is sort of a, a moment of relief that lends itself to comedy in a way, in the very slight way. But I love that there's just no overt comedy in this movie. It is, it is fucking relentless. Almost every scene, it feels like 70% of the scenes, if not more, have a scare, or a very creepy moment, or something, it never stops from the second minute. Right? So...
1: That thing with the door, it's interesting you say that. I, um, I was like, that's not him. It's not possible. Like, he just was outside the building calling, and she buzzed him up, released the buzzer, and he rang the doorbell. so quick. So I was like, that's not him. There's no physical way that could be him so when she saw it i was like what's going on oh my
0: god i think i had that same moment the first time i watched it but you never i just feel like it was such a weird thing because we're dealing with such specific looking type of ghosts that when she looks through the peephole you have that moment of relief just like she does because she is like what the fuck because she's like oh buzz you bit and it's like ding dong or knock knock or whatever happens (laughs) she's like you can see it on her face. She's like, "What the fuck?" And she goes over to the door, looks through the peephole, and she's like, "Oh, it's okay, it's just him." Because again, like we've talked about before, your first inclination is not to be like, "That's a ghost." <laughs> you know what I mean? Your first inclination is to be like, "Oh, I'm fucking losing it. I'm being paranoid. I don't, you know, yeah. like you probably just be like, "Whatever, it's him." Cuz I can see I it, it with my eyeballs. It's like
1: there's no fucking way that's him. Okay. Because of how quick that was, yeah. Like, there's no way. Now, if I'm a human being, I am a human being. But in that situation, <laughs> and my brother's there, um, I think I would open the door. How did you get up here so fucking fast? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, oh my god, is she? Because there's no other. I'm trying to think. Is there another time when that ghost becomes
0: somebody else? I don't think so, There's not, right? Well, actually, isn't there... It's Doug. Isn't it Doug? It pretends to be Doug calling for her at the end of the movie, right?
1: Yes, at the end. Yeah. So before that scene, though, there's no... Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, is she... Is that the... Like, this is a whole new level of haunting. Yeah. But I didn't think it was him. Okay. I wasn't like... I still was scared. Maybe there yeah. was a tiny bit of me, but it's just, I thought they did that really good. It scared me though, when she buzzed him and then the doorbell rang, I was like, Oh shit. I think I actually said, don't open the door. That's the ghost.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay. That's fair. Maybe but I don't just... think
1: I was not in the sense of, I called it. Oh God. right, right. No, no, I think it was like, that's a fucking ghost girl, don't open the door. But if it was yeah. him, I wouldn't have been, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it.
0: No, I think I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, and I just think, I think most people, and I could be wrong about this, but I think the hand, a handful of people, myself included, watching it the first time, you are so in doubt of your own sense of what's happening, just like she is, presumably, that you're like, that's, that's fucking weird. But then you look through the people and with your own eyeballs, you see your brother on the other end of that door. You'd be like, okay, maybe I'm just fucking out of my mind. I don't know. Oh, like, for you know sure. what I mean?
1: Especially what she like, went through. If I had gone through that and just saw some weird woman in the staircase, which was terrifying, then that weird black fuzzy that turned into a woman, I still might doubt it. I still might think there was something wrong with the recording. You know what I mean? Not necessarily yeah. immediately going to there's a ghost, but I would be scared. I would run out of there, but I would immediately think, oh, this ghost is haunting me. So if my brother was there, I would think it was my brother. Totally. Yeah. Being me outside with all the horror movies we watch. I was like, <laughs> yeah. don't open don't the do door. Don't do it. Of course, you know,
0: <laughs> don't do it. But it doesn't even don't. matter
1: if she opened the door or not, because that thing can just go anywhere.
0: Yeah, it was, it was over. And, um, another little note about this scene, because of course we know she runs and gets under the covers. Uh, <laughs> and gets fucking got underneath there. So I have a note about that, and it says, The infamous bedroom scene where Kayako attacks Susan from underneath the gap of her bedsheets was inspired by the old Japanese urban legend of the Girl in the Gaps, a ghost which is said to enter our world only through small gaps in the real world. Oh, creamy. But there's gaps
1: everywhere.
0: Everywhere. Yep.
1: This is a Japanese thing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how Japanese people even function with all these scary tales. (laughs) I'm looking around me. There's gaps everywhere.
0: I know. And you just see something about the black. Okay. Well, it doesn't happen in this moment where she lifts up the sheets, but like when she's in the, um, you know, in the video footage Mm -hmm. and what, there's another time it's when she's hovering over Emma the, like, the complete darkness of the face contra- contrasted with the white, white eyes freaks me the fuck out. Because I just like stuff that's, like, subtly scary. Not yeah. over-the-top monster level. And that's one of the yeah. things I appreciate about about this movie. You've just got, like, a semi-normal-looking person who is just a fucking ghost. So she's all she's either got all white makeup or all black makeup on. And, oh, God, it's just terrifying
1: in a very subtle
0: way. Subtle,
1: scary abnormality. Like, for example, when the little boy is sitting on the sofa and he opens his mouth, he opens it just a little too unnaturally wide. It was the same thing with Veronica when she went back and her mouth opened, but her mouth was open. So it wasn't like monster open where you're like, whoa, that's crazy. It's like. You see her, and it could look normal, but your mind is like, oh, this is not normal. It's just that much subtly too mu- open too yes. wide. Things like yes. that.
0: Uncanny Valley. That happens in The Thing as well, and it's my favorite scene in The Thing. Even though it's like, there are a lot of moments in The Thing where you see like crazy monsters and stuff. My favorite moment of The Thing is this moment where this guy opens his mouth, and this like un- unhuman sound comes out and it's the same thing it's not so wide that it's like super unnatural
1: like <laughs> but it's wide you know <laughs>
0: right but it's wide it's it's just a little too wide exactly what you're saying when toshio yeah. sits on the and opens his mouth in the background ugh, creepy
1: and her face even so her face in like the attic it's almost large and detached and real and unreal at the same time but i can't pinpoint what exactly it is Mm -hmm. i can't say exactly what it is it's so creepy
0: i think part of it is the positioning and one of the other moments that i love and that is so scary at the very end of the movie when uh karen is trying to get out of the house she opens a door and her head is up above and fucking swoops down on her (gasps) that gets me every time i'm like in the
1: door yes yes yes
0: I'm always like, what the fuck? How did they do that? It's so unnatural the way it moves. But I'm, it's that woman. It's that woman who did all of that shit practically. Because she is, let me see if it, hold on. Did you see me look over my shoulder just now? I did. I like, oh I did. <laughs> I'm going to turn on this light in the hallway. <laughs> the woman who played Kayako is a contortionist. So listen to this. When Kayako is crawling down the stairs in the infamous staircase sequence, she is bending and contorting her body in ways that seem humanly impossible. Takako Fuji, being a trained contortionist and ballet dancer, performed the stunts herself. The effect was not a result of trick shots or digital manipulation. And listening to the commentary, Sarah Michelle Gellar, like on multiple occasions, reiterates, we were blown away. She, She talks about like, okay, I get on this set and I'm thinking oh, we're going to do this with CGI and that's going to be added in later and we're not going to shoot this and that. And like everything, not everything, but like 90% of the shit is real. Even the fucking message on the phone. She goes, usually you'd like, and she's like, I just keep thinking Hollywood movie. They're just going to add this shit in later. You know, so she's like, even the the phone message, when they listen to the phone message, it's not, You normally you'd stand there and you'd hit the button and it'd just be silence and they'd add it in post. Yeah. She's like, even that, they recorded it, put it on the phone, and fucking played it and shot it on the phone. And at the very end, too, you have some flies that are there to indicate the dead body in the attic of Kayako. And she's like, people kept talking about, oh, the flies are going to get here. We're going to bring in the flies. She's like, I thought it was a joke. I thought they were literally joking about bringing in flies. Because I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, it's going to be CGI. (laughs) No, they're real flies, like, there. So a lot of this is real and it was flabbergasting them. So what I'm getting at now, back to the end, the staircase scene, Sarah Michelle Gellar is like, I kept being like, oh, there's a rig. There's a wire. There's something is going on. No, she's not wearing padding. Those stairs are hardwood stairs. And she's just fucking doing the damn thing. She's just crawling down those stairs in an unnatural way, which is
1: See, that's the thing. It's real and unnatural. Unnatural to us, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't see that every day. It was the same thing with Scary Stories. Remember the contortionist guy that played? Yes. Yeah. The
0: jangly man. Mm hmm.
1: So it's yeah. just like this because it's not CGI. It's a real, yeah. Well, I'm just going to keep going in circles with this. It's like real, <laughs> but unnaturally. <laughs> and it's so good.
0: Yes. It's so yeah. good. It's one, I'm so glad you love that because it is one of the things in my mind that makes this movie hold up. And it's still, mm-hmm. when I watch this movie, even having seen it so many times, my stomach still clenches when there are scary scenes and when like, oh, things happen. It's But it's a delightful, like I'm like delighted about it, but I'm just like, oh, that's so scary. <laughs> yes. Yes. I
1: really liked that end scene with Bill Pullman where you couldn't tell if he was looking at Sarah Michelle Gellar or what and how she followed him through the house. I thought that was really great. I liked that shot when, um, what was her name? The ghost woman. Kayako. Kayako, um, when her dead body falls out and it zooms in in her eye, seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, really good. I loved all of that.
0: Did you notice, I'm going back just a tiny little bit, but when, um, yeah, Peter, Bill Pullman's character, Finds this, like, notebook and shit. For the first time today, I realized, oh, shit, those are fingernail clippings that she taped inside of the book. Did you pick up on this? No. I have watched this movie so many times, and I had never picked up on the fact that there were actual fingernail. Well, I mean, you know, in the, in the context of the story. Yeah. She had found fingernail clippings of him and taped them onto, like, a drawn hand into the notebook. And I was oh. like... Ew.
1: I remember that picture but I didn't I didn't register what it was or what I was really looking at.
0: I didn't either and I was like, "Ooh, gross." Oh man,
1: that's massive stalker level. Okay. So gross. So that makes sense cuz one thing when he was in every picture that the wife had. Every picture, every picture she had including framed pictures that chick was in them. I mean, that is so excessive. That is like, that woman has no other family, nothing. Like, they couldn't go anywhere without that woman going. I was like, that's kind of unbelievable. But it didn't ruin it for me. I was just like, because it was every picture. There wasn't like, she looked at a picture and then the next picture didn't. It was like, every single picture. Then she picks up a framed picture. It's on the freaking shelf and there's the woman. I'm like, oh, come on. But having the nails... It does kind of bring it up to that level of, oh yeah, she was that obsessed because I saw she was obsessed with him. I saw like, uh, well, obviously we all saw in the journal where she's like, Peter, 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 Peter. Um, but I thought, cause I think of like teenagers when we used to, did you used to wrap your textbooks in like paper bags and then draw all over them? And that was like my era.
0: Um, Kind of. I know what you're talking about, but by, by the time I bought those things or needed them, you could buy stretchy book covers. Oh, okay.
1: How do, do you remember grocery these? bags?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. These were like, these were like, you bought them and they were like tie dye fucking nineties, just bullshit that you would stretch ah. over the outside of the book.
1: Oh, that's cool. Okay. I use grocery bags, right? And okay. And we just fold them <laughs> and tape them. And then you have a brown paper bag over your book and you draw. Yeah. And you'd have like the guy you're into like all over. You right. practice writing your name with his last name or her last right. name. Right.
0: We all did it. We so all did it. So first
1: in the journal, I was like, wow, she really likes him. But the picture thing, obviously. So for me, it didn't coincide like that picture. Like she's everywhere and she really likes him. I get it. She's writing him letters. Um, but the fingernail thing—I
0: just I wish I would it have caught.
1: You. Yeah, I wish I would have caught that because that is massive freaky level. Ugh. And that boy is—he was he always so beat up because like his dad beat him up before he killed him. He always had those band aids and stuff all over him all the time. Bandages I, on his knees and cuts on his face. That's
0: I so don't sad. know. That's that's a good question. I I don't know that. I don't know that we have a definitive answer just in the research that I did. Um, although. I feel like the the times that we see him, he's already dead. And yeah. it's just that he's like, he's in different forms. It's almost like he's choosing to look less like a ghost or more like a ghost. So maybe it is, or, uh, you know, that he had a home life. Because that guy does seem like he has anger issues, right? So it's totally yeah. plausible that he would be um, This was abusive. another
1: moment of like this... It didn't ruin it for me, but it was an odd kind of interaction. Bill Pullman goes in and rescues that kid. Doesn't say... He does ask, where are your parents? But he doesn't say, like, what happened to you? You're all beat up. Like, what happened? Are you okay? Like, do you need help? (laughs) He's kind of just like, is your mom home? And he's like, oh, well... And he sits... And then he gets up and looks at a broken picture. Then he looks out the window. Like, I don't know. It just, it, that him even being in the house was kind of awkward. Then he ran into the house because he thought the boy. So I get that. He was saving the kid. Yeah. Then he was so not concerned with the kid. He was saving Mm -hmm. the kid. The kid's clearly beat up. He doesn't even, we should call child protective services. We should like something. No, he just kind of like, okay, the kid doesn't want me to talk to him. So then he starts wandering around the house. Uh, which obviously I'm glad he did because we got the rest of the story. I just thought that that was one of those moments where it was really a bizarre interaction. Yeah, it was a a bizarre choice. Yeah, but didn't ruin it. It was just bizarre.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think that is a good point too. And I hadn't thought of that until right now, but it is sort of like other moments you have like a reason, right? It's like the Mm -hmm. detective hits the, where's the phone? And starts hearing it up in the attic. Otherwise he has like no reason to go up in the attic, right? But he mm-hmm. hears it. Oh, we gotta go, where's that phone? Let's go check it out. That's how he finds the body and the jaw and all that. So, but yeah, that is kind of a weird... I don't remember. It doesn't seem like there's anything to to begin his, you know, inspection of the rest of the house. Although he could potentially be just looking for the parents. I don't know. He's just like, what the fuck?
1: What would a normal person do, though? Hello? Are you here? Yeah. Your child is I mean, hurt?
0: Like, I don't know. Karen. Karen immediately calls the boss. Hey, I found this yes. kid, right? Which I think was reasonable. Like I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't love know what that to do. reaction. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah, he just kind of, which made me feel, and this is another part that I don't know if I missed it or this is totally not a part of the story, that maybe he was having an affair with that woman, but probably not because he saw how obsessed she was, but his reactions of being like kind of, really not alerting the authorities and stuff is because he was more maybe intimately involved. Okay. You know what I mean? Like if he was having an affair with her now he's in her home where her husband is, but he like, what's going on. Um, but again, that's not a part of the story, but that would, that would be a good reason of why he didn't immediately call the authorities and involve himself in all of this. Because if they questioned her, it would come out, you know, All of
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making
1: that stuff up, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I see that is a weird choice. I also think the other thing that's weird, this is one of the things that I was like, oh, Felicia's going to have a problem with this, is like, I get that the boyfriend would be concerned about like what's happening, especially after hearing that Alex and Yoko are dead. And then coming home and finding the like research and stuff But why would you go directly to the house? I just, that was the one other thing that I was like, okay, it's... Why wouldn't you just wait a little bit longer? See where your girlfriend is? I don't, like, that's the place that you go? You don't go... I mean, I don't know. Again, as I'm talking it out, I'm being devil's advocate. I think one of the other things that I love about this movie is the isolation of it. Because all of these people are Americans in Japan... And you know you get the sense that they can't speak Japanese very well, the, the majority of them, yeah. and they're pretty isolated, right? Like the yeah. wife of Matthew, Matthew's wife, is like that's the conversation. Oh, I went out today and I I didn't know where I was. I couldn't find my way back. Whatever. Even Sarah Michelle Geller, right off the top, Karen, is like she doesn't know anybody. She she's like totally isolated. So I get how also there's a sense of, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where you would be. It's not like you're going to be with your friends, Karen, or at your, like, favorite spot. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? That like the bar down the street. you're going
1: to be at that work or at that
0: house. At the house. But I also was just like, I don't know. I, as a person, I don't think I would go to that house and then walk yeah. inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. That was, like, a stretch for me. But
1: Yeah, I'd have to get really late. And honestly, I don't think I'd go alone. I think that at some point I would call maybe the police or something and tell them where I see this research. Maybe she's at this house where this lady died. I know it was bumming her out. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. That was a good scene though. And so anxiety feeling. Um, when that lady was at the store and nothing like she had no idea. Like the outside of the package was so like chaotic, like, you couldn't even tell what was in the package and how she popped it open and smelled it and was like, "Okay, yeah. this smells good." And then bought a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> because at all you that was like, "I get it." Like how yes. stressful. It's not like you can just learn to read some Japanese and get an idea of what you're looking at. You can't. Like if it was Spanish, you probably could. You know right. what I mean? Because it's so um
0: they're like the Spanish same and
1: French are really a part of, there's lots of words that we're familiar with in the English language that the cross but not Japanese. you would yeah. have no idea. you couldn't even sound it out. you couldn't I thought that was a really good scene. I obviously really yeah. like that grocery store scene. <laughs> like, <dang. laughs>
0: no, but I think you're exactly uh, spot on there. and like even going to Spain, we went to Spain a couple years ago. It's the, like the first time I've been out of the country. I was like a fish out of water. I was, and even like I could, I can kind of discern words here and there. And I would be so fucked if it was even characters I couldn't understand, like, like Greek Japanese too. Yeah, Greek or has, what? yeah, Arabic.
1: I what about Arabic? All of those yeah. ones that don't have the like letters that we recognize,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so hard. So nerve wracking. So yeah, I did like that part because I like movies that feel very isolated. That's why I appreciate like a lot of the sci-fi, like space horror movies because you're in space, right? You can't go back to human civilization. I already mentioned The Thing, but I love The Thing for that isolation aspect. And I think this is just a different type of isolation where you are around a bunch of people, but you cannot communicate with them. You don't know anybody. You don't have a support system. You don't have community. Yeah. That is also scary cuz it looks like you're fine with all these people but you're like not fine cuz you can't communicate, you know? I liked that part.
1: Oh, another part that I liked too. I agree with you. I liked how um realistically manipulative the ghost was because when the cop goes there to burn it down and he hears the kid, you know, immediately you're thinking that's the ghost. You know this, you know this is the ghost. But then the little kid is crying. All of us would naturally respond to that. You know, if you hear a little kid crying in another room, you're not just going to burn down the house.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what if
1: there's really a little kid? Because as far as he's concerned, people have all died mysteriously. And he saw that black figure, the ghost, on the video camera. That doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I know for sure that there's not a kid in here and I'm just going to burn him down to death
0: right, right, exactly even if if there was a chance that was a real child in the house, he couldn't in yep. good conscience, burn down the house, yep. yeah, so yeah, I like that. I'm gonna move to I just have some like general trivia. I have a lot of notes, but this is just I'll just start here um in just the first weekend alone, the film managed to gross thirty nine million in ticket sales which was October 22nd through the 24th, surpassing its budget. Ticket sales declined by the second weekend, however, by at least 43%, earning $21 million. Despite this, it was still a massive success and became the first horror film to top the Halloween box office since House on a Haunted Hill in 1999. Oh. And then, and then up until this film was beaten by Friday the 13th, which was in 2009, which opened with a $40 million in Uh, intake. This film held the record for the highest grossing opening weekend for a horror remake in history with a $39 gross. Wow. Um, Other just, you know, one-off trivia pieces, this film received a one out of four stars and is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list, which (gasps) surprised me. Really? Because he liked Sinister, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I feel like I usually agree with his At least the ones that I've looked up. So I I was going to read this, but I ran out of time. Yeah. Boo. (laughs) Wow.
1: He was in a really bad mood when he watched it. Like when I watched Pet Cemetery.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what (laughs) happened.
1: I'm shocked that what was most hated of all the movies he's watched. Wow. I know. This one is
0: really good compared to some other shithole movies that I've seen. Yeah. In late 2002, the unexpected success of the English-language remake of The Ring finally gave Sony Pictures confidence to greenlight the English-language remake of Zhuan. So The oh. Ring paved the way for The Grudge. Oh. And I love The Ring. And The Ring holds a special place in my heart. So we're going to watch that at some point.
1: So something funny. And by the way, anyone watching YouTube, I'm sorry I look like a hot mess. I've just been sick, man. <laughs> Starting yeah. the show at the end of the week. I just keep looking at myself like, wow. Um, so I was sitting down to watch this movie. And all my teens came in, all the children, everybody came in. So I paused it because they were supposed to be playing with T.T. in the other room so I could watch the movie. And they all came in. I want to watch the movie with you. And I'm like, oh, somebody has to pay with TT. Anyways, they're like, what movie are you watching? And I said, The Grudge. And they're like, oh, what's that about? And I'm like, oh, do you remember that movie where that girl with the long hair that hangs in front of her face and she crawls out of the television? That's what I'm watching. And they're like, The Ring? I was like, oh, shit. I have no idea what I'm watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the movie. <laughs> no, you, you're you not... you. <laughs> It's not crazy that you mixed them up because they were like two years apart. They both have a white blonde female protagonist and have to do with these on Rio ghosts that look very similar because they're both women with long black hair looking through their black hair and they're ghosts <laughs> so they have super white yes. skin. So you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's and very similar. And they both
1: similar. contortionately walk. Right? Yes. That's another list too, right?
0: There's a little bit of that, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So similar in uh themes. Well, maybe I shouldn't say themes. Similar in visuals, right? And also similar in themes, I guess, too.
1: Women with hair in their face are scary.
0: They are scary. <laughs> That is one of the things I like about this movie is that it's a whole story about a woman's rage and uh I'm here for that. <laughs> okay. Getting some revenge <laughs> on her husband who killed her. So, yeah, she was yeah. a little too though. She yeah, I mean for sure if you're taking people's fingernails and you're taping them in your journal, that's mm. fucking she must off have the rails. Never
1: been home. First True. of all, to be in all of those pictures and then to stalk someone enough to be able to Retrieve their fingernails after they cut them.
0: Yeah, I was also like, "How the fuck do you even?" I mean, does he just sit cup- in his
1: classroom and like
0: clip his nails? I mean, that's what the only thing that would make sense. Cause or
1: I'm gonna go to the park and clip my nails.
0: I mean, where else? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I where just do, do it in the bathroom. In the bathroom. In my At house. Home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was breaking into his house. We don't know
1: yeah she mm-hmm. was
0: that level of dedicated to stalking him so the
1: angriest person of all to seek revenge should have been that poor little boy mm-hmm. that poor little boy that obviously was left alone a lot because his mom was in all these other pictures and getting fingernails his dad was just like this angry jerk off this poor little boy he yeah. should have been the one killing everybody. He wouldn't have been as scary though. She was way scarier than he, he was.
0: He he is fucking scary though. Let's not let's not play. He those few scenes with him in it, when um what's his name? Matthew comes home and finds his wife, like mm-hmm. catatonic in the bed, and he is right there on the other side of the bed, so fucking scary. Yeah. Same deal, he opens his mouth and there's a Meow! You know, meow. But sound. those
1: quick moments with him are scary. When he's just standing there with like black rings and standing there, I don't think he's as scary. Oh,
0: okay. I think those mom. are terrifying also.
1: Oh yeah. I wasn't as scared as that. I, I remember as the making okay. a note to myself saying the mom is way scarier. Okay. But the little boy has moments. Those those two moments you mentioned actually scared me. And when his hand came out of the tub, of course, and was pulling oh, the guy, yeah. that shocked me too.
0: He is very scary, but I hear what you're saying, that she's scarier. But he is very creepy, and... Yeah, he
1: is. is.
0: While while we're on that, um, what I want to say is, just because I don't know that you, like, totally get this in the movie, but I thought it was, like, an interesting little story tidbit. um, This says, Toshio's spirit is often heard meowing throughout the film. Not only does this imply that his spirit merged with his deceased cat, Mar, that's the cat's name, But it also relates to an old Japanese legend where the damned spirits of lost children become strays and as a result produce a cat's meow. Oh
1: my God, that's so good. Yes, and
0: one of the moments, I think it's when Karen is in the house and she's like taking down, it's before she starts taking down the tape, but she's standing outside the, the closet and you start to hear this like fucked up meow, but it also sounds like a baby crying. And I can say as somebody who lived in a place, I grew up in this house that wasn't really a house. It was, (laughs) this is weird to explain, but it was like an apartment above what used to be a radiator shop. So my grandfather used to do car upholstery and he bought the building to do the car upholstery. And he also bought the building right next to it. That used to be a radiator shop. So there were two floors and we lived on the top floor. And it was like, I don't know, a 600 square foot apartment, like Mm -hmm. two bedroom apartment. Type thing, so we lived in like a business district that's what I know from my childhood oh, i didn't gotcha. I didn't grow up in like a you know the suburbs or whatever It was like really weird. that's um, so
1: interesting tawny I didn't know that,
0: yeah, and so all around us were businesses, but the person who lived right behind us was also like a business slash house type situation. He did i think car work as well in some capacity, but there were all these fucking stray cats that lived right around us, and he would feed them, the person behind us. So I have, like, heard cats, stray cats in heat, for a long time. Like, my whole life. And it does sound fucking scary. It sounds... I mean, I'm sure other people have, too. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I know all about cats, but... (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure if you...
1: I'm sure... (laughs) Tawny's (laughs) Tony's <laughs> bragging about her stray in heat cat knowledge. Jeez, Tony, <laughs> big head Tony.
0: <laughs> but I'm sure if you have ever had cats, you've heard these sounds and it's, it's fucking weird. It sounds like so a weird. child. You, you're you like, is that a fucking baby out there? Like I remember like on multiple occasions being like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Cause it doesn't <laughs> sound like a cat. And they'd have to be like, Oh, it's fine. It's just a cat. Or it's a cat in heat. Right. <laughs> Cause they're just out here doing their business all around our house, it was really a weird experience, but like I love how they incorporate incorporated that because it's so creepy yeah. because it's you can't quite place it, but it does sound like a baby or a human child, which again, like you were just talking about, you're not gonna leave that in there. You're gonna be like, "Fuck, there's a child in here that's taped in. I gotta help him get out.
1: Wow, I really like that. These Japanese tales are so good.
0: Yes. There's a lot of the of that, the lore and stuff sure. that I thought was really interesting that I incorporated. Yeah. So Yeah. I um I'll like ta- I'll tell you a couple other things just about the story of this. The first of which is due to American violence ratings and the commitment to a PG-13 rating, the off-screen implication that Taiko, that's the husband, <laughs> Taiko repeatedly stabbed Kaiko with a box cutter was omitted from the film, oh. and it was originally present in in the original. Did I say that it was? Yeah, originally yeah. present in the film.
1: Original film.
0: Yeah, this that's is why. How he kills him. Oh God, I feel sad for that boy. Yeah. Well, that's no, no, no. That's how he kills Kaiko, the wife
1: oh sorry okay i still feel bad for her but okay yes. so he okay uh, what did i get i thought he strangled her i guess for some reason
0: well ho- hold on to that so i'll get to that here in my next thing this is why she's covered in blood in the iconic staircase sequence
1: oh she pull- she comes out of the bag the bag and she's covered she's- in blood
0: bloody the scene where he drags her body across the house while holding a box cutter was restored in the unrated cut which I have not seen and second thing Kayako's signature croak also referred to as a death rattle comes from the fact that her husband Takeo I hope I'm saying that right had snapped her neck but hadn't killed her and she is trying to breathe through a broken windpipe her stumbles also come from the fact that her ankle broke as she was trying to run away from her husband. Something that I picked up in the DVD commentary, I think Sarah Michelle Geller says, and so it could be, I don't know which one is more right, but she said something about the fact that he broke her neck as she was screaming, and that's the source of that death rattle sound.
1: I wish more of this stuff was explained in the movie somehow yeah. not obviously just explained but because i love it yes like I th- because i did wonder why she made that noise but it was a creepy noise so it was good but yeah. that makes it even better
0: yes and i think they just took it out for the pg-13 rating so that sucks i bet they shot it because like the if intention. she was
1: screaming and he broke her neck and she was like oh, oh, and made that noise it, that's just all you would need to know that that's where that noise came from
0: yeah, we should really get our hands on the unrated yeah. cut, because I bet it is, I bet it has this that stuff in there. And I also, in the commentary, they talked about how Shimizu restored some of these scenes that were cut out for American, you know, the rating system, and then took out probably, there's like the scene where Karen goes to the top of the building and has, like, a whole exposition thing with Detective Nakagawa where it's just like, oh, you know, like, it explains the whole backstory just in case you didn't, like, pick up on it for American audiences. But the Japanese audience doesn't need that because it is so, you know...
1: In their culture. Yes. And in their lore and all of that, so they understand what's happening.
0: So, but I think that they're not as, uh, you know... It seems like there's not this same rating system. So it. I think some of the stuff got put back in for that unrated director's cut.
1: Interesting. I don't know a lot about Japanese culture. So excuse my ignorance. It's all <laughs> from movies. But uh, what I really liked is it is my impression. So if you are Japanese, you can totally say, nope, Felicia, you've got it wrong. I'm totally fine with that from watching movies and things like that, it's my impression that lore lives very much within um, their reality. Well, Actually, like a lot of, I feel like a lot of different cultures, like I, m- I remember my, my friend who was Hispanic and she was talking about like the chupacabra or the, like these different things, and it's almost like... <sighs> Like they believe it, and I'm not saying it's not. So, no chupacabras come and visit me. Like I'm not saying you don't (laughs) exist. I'm not disrespecting spirits in this house. (laughs) We made that clear last episode. I am not disrespecting. I'm just saying like it's it's almost like it's so real. It's passed down to their like it's even the um, um, verbal storytelling. Like I feel like it's more than in I don't even know what to say. With there's lots of different types of Americans. I don't even know how to explain it. But I think you guys know what I'm trying to say. It seems like in other cultures, they have this rich storytelling that's passed down and it's almost become like weaved into reality, like part of their life. So when, what I'm trying to get to is when the uh, police officer, the detective was saying, this is what it is and we're all going to die. It wasn't unbelievable that he believes it so much. Yeah. So readily. Um, yes. that's all I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. No great point. I think you're making a really great point that it is so ingrained in culture. I think in other cultures that it becomes so, yeah, readily believable for different cultures versus us, whereas we don't, you know, necessarily pick up on that. And one of the things that, this is semi-related. Because oh, sorry, th- go ahead. Oh,
1: no, I'm sorry. Just to add a little thing, even think about the Day of the Dead where, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, um, where, uh, the reason I laughed for a moment is because the first thing that came to me because I just watched it was, um,
0: Coco,
1: Coco. Yeah. But obviously I, there's been a lot more, but it's believed like you have to put the picture, you have to, the food offering and all of that. So, and I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying that, um, otherworldliness is so real. I feel like it's more real in other cultures than it is in, like whatever culture I'm trying to talk about in America.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that was, that seemed to make sense for Krampus. I don't think we talked about this, but I watched some, you know, interviews and there is sort of this, I got the impression that when you talk to people from Austria slash Germany, I Mm -hmm. still haven't looked it up. Sorry (laughs) y'all. But like people who are familiar with that tale, that folklore They don't, they take that shit seriously. It's not funny. They don't want to fucking joke around. They don't want to talk about it. Like, I think it was like an interviewer who was from Austria was asking the questions to uh, Michael Doherty at the time. And she was like, I had never really heard of this. And then I went and tried to talk to people about it. And they were like, not having it. They did not want to talk to me about it because they were fucking scared because it is so fucking real and, I mean, I think within the context of this movie, you also have that scene in the very beginning where Karen and Doug stop at the, uh, it's like a cemetery, and they talk about the the things that they're doing. They're, like, lighting, I think, incense to carry, oh, God, you'll have to help me, something through the, the oh, smoke. Oh, the
1: Buddhists. Yes, to carry their message. Yeah. To the, yeah, their prayers and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. So it is it is taken a lot more seriously than, I think anything here yeah. in the united states like we're like i don't know we don't have that level of superstition we do have some but that's followed by not.
1: all that's followed by all yeah it's just like so deeply ingrained i think that's what i mean when i say like in america we obviously have lots of different cultures um that would be americans and here but i, I when i think of that i think of like in other countries it's so ingrained in everybody in yeah. everybody, we're here. It's obviously you're you're not gonna get that with all the different right. people everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Along, this is semi related to what you're talking about, but something I thought was interesting is someone talked about how in American haunted house films, what you have is like people who move into a house and get haunted, and then the goal is to try to figure out what happened so that you can stop it, and there's always a way to stop it. Like, yes. you move out or you figure out what's happening and you help that ghost or whatever and you 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 stop it. This, however, is a movie that takes the opposite viewpoint. That this thing is so big and powerful, it is beyond you. There is nothing that you can do to stop this thing from happening. Even if you learn what it's about, what happened, right? Yeah. And I think that was, like, a really interesting take on this, on the haunted house you know what I mean? Quote unquote idea. And I, yeah. I, I like that flavor, that take on it.
1: I totally agree with you. I did get the feeling it was tied to the house because they make a comment of, oh, we were able to save the house when she was yeah. in the hospital. But um, but you're right. Like when she saw all of, you're, ah, you're absolutely right because now it's all clicking. When she saw that whole scene, I thought there was going to be a resolution. Mm-hmm. I thought like, it was all going to be laid out and she was somehow going to be able to send these people to the light you know oh, what right? I mean? yeah. so, and release them from this torment. They have to just haunt this house, but that was not the case.
0: Nope. It's, it's a different, it like, it is a different take on that situation. God,
1: horrible. Yeah. How horrible. So you think Bill Pullman, the reason he killed himself was because he's being haunted by this uh this ghost woman everywhere just like Karen's going to be now? Yeah. And that's why he finally just
0: Yeah, he knows he's fucked. He's going to die anyway. He might as she well. She was
1: haunting him. Yeah. He saw no other way out. I yeah. understand that 100%. That chick, no disrespect. That woman, that <laughs> very powerful woman. I'm looking around. Um she uh yeah, is relentless. You yeah. can't ride the bus. You can't go to the store. You can't go to bed. I There's no other way out. Unless you demolish the house. I mean, you, you, you might. You can try. You might go nuts enough, but you can't go in the house.
0: Well, if you've already been in the house, you go in the house again.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't even want to go in there again. Even put gasoline around. Like, geez. Hmm. Like, how do you get rid of that house?
0: Yeah, how do you get rid of the thing? There, That's the thing, is like, it's... I think you know, the there thing may would no... go away
1: at the house, right? Because where else would it... Because it ventured out of the house, but it seemed like it, it was always... Its intention was to draw people into the house.
0: I, I got the impression, too, that it was always attached. If it was happening outside of the house, it was because it was attached to a person who was in the house. It didn't yes. really have power over people who hadn't entered the house. But once yes. you go inside the house, you're totally fucked. Yes, 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 you're
1: right. Because, like, that woman um, that was killed in her bed, it didn't then go next door. And then, that, you know, right. there was other people walking around. There's other people driving in the city. And it wasn't just, like, bouncing through cars, <laughs> screwing with people, right. right? It was only people that weren- went into the house.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it's attached to the house. So the house yes. needs to be destroyed.
0: But I don't know. It is like if the house gets destroyed, does it make a difference? I don't know. There I is a Grudge would. too. Yeah,
1: but back. the house doesn't get destroyed. Oh, the house does mm-hmm. in Grudge too.
0: It does. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Is there
1: even a board left? Because then it could live within the
0: <laughs> It does. The house does survive in the beginning of the Grudge too. I don't remember. I've seen all these movies, by the way, and I don't really remember what happens beyond this. But I did start watching the Grudge too, just because I was curious, like what happens from here. Um, and so I don't want to ruin it. I'm, because we're not talking about the Grudge two right now, but um, it does. This house does survive, but there, it does seem like there are some ramifications from trying to burn the house down. That's all I was going to say. That that becomes pretty apparent, I think, in the first ten, twenty minutes of the second movie. So
1: burn that house down. But here's the thing: to be able to effectively burn it down, you have to go in the house. Yeah. Right. So and then she. Is there?
0: (laughs) Which we saw with Karen, right? Like Karen tries to go back in the house and tries to burn it down unsuccessfully. And let me just stop for a second to talk about this last scene. This, there are two scenes that I remember being in the theater and thinking to myself, I don't know if I can handle this. I might have to leave because I can't handle how scary and unrelenting this is. This is one of them. The end scene where she comes down the stairs and it is so fucking scary and loud. I think because I was watching it in the theater, right? Like you, it's extra loud. I remember just being like so fucking stressed. Like my body, like I was just like, I don't think I can watch this. I don't think I can handle this. I think I might have to leave. Like I remember just feeling that way. And it's so loud and you see Kayako for so long, actually, but it never, I just feel like they do such a beautiful job because we talk about this often. How much is too much? When you see the monster too much, somehow they, they ride this line perfectly because you see her a lot and the whole time it's fucking scary. And the whole time I was like, it just built and built and built to a point where I was like, I fucking can't take this. (laughs) and i think part of it is the visuals part of it's the audio you know and part of it is also just the trickery like all of a sudden she's dug right like kaya yes Gull, she's in her fucking lap terrifying Ugh, i love that end scene i'm sorry i forgot why i was talking about that
1: no that's guy i don't know why you were either because it was good
0: <laughs> because it was good
1: yeah, she's just, she's strong. Like, you can't even go back to the house. Now, you could, I guess you could do, like, um, uh, what are those called? Like, mo- Molotov, Molotov cocktails. Cocktail, you could, yeah. like, light it and throw it in the house. But I was thinking, I wouldn't even want to be near the house. Now, I could be, yeah. if it was haunting me outside of the house, maybe, I don't know, even know if she would allow me to get to the house to do it, though. True,
0: Yeah. It I mean, does she snatched like that does. woman
1: right out of her bed.
0: Yeah. Gone. Taken. In the sheets. Hmm.
1: Shit, there may, may be no way out. There may be no way out.
0: I like that. I like the hopeless feel of this movie. You're fucked. Yeah,
1: I like that You too. can try to
0: burn that shit down. Not gonna happen. <laughs> um, so let me tell you a little bit more about the background before we just get into some production trivia so the backstory that creates the curse in the series is strongly reminiscent of the myth of oiwa oiwa the myth of oiwa i I hope i'm saying that right a traditional japanese onryo legend oiwa was a housewife disfigured and brutally murdered by her unfaithful husband she returns to haunt him and makes him murder his new lover. According to the legend, a curse accompanies her story and that those who retell it will suffer injuries and even death. The disfigured aspect of the onryo is likely what inspired Sadaka, Sadako Yamamura's appearance in Ringu in the Ring movies.
1: Oh, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. I love all these, all this lore.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting too. This time I did the research because last time on Krampus I was like, fuck, I should have done the research, so I did it for you this time.
1: I love so. it. I love this stuff.
0: <laughs> Me too. And we were talking about this last time too, where it's like if there's some sort of something rooted in reality, even if it's just made up, like there's the backstory. Now this is something that has, you know, been present in Japanese culture for a long time. So I think that is extra interesting and adds an extra bit of weight to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the next thing I have is, while the origin of Onryo is unclear, belief in their existence can be traced back to the 8th century and was based on the idea that powerful and enraged souls of the dead could influence or harm the living. The earliest Onryo cult that developed was around Prince Nagaya, who died in 729. Wow. In addition to that, traditionally, onryo and other yure, which is like ghosts. Like I think onryo is a very specific, vengeful type ghost. I, in my mind, I could be way off here, but I'm likening it to poltergeists because poltergeists can like move shit and interact with people and harm people. In in my own understanding of that. And then you've got ghosts, which just, like, hang around and do stuff but can't actually hurt you. So, in my head, Onryo are poltergeists and Yure are ghosts. So Okay, okay. Anyways, I'm going to back up and say this again. Traditionally, Onryo and other Yure had no particular appearance. However, with the rising of popularity of Kabuki during the Edo period, a specific costume was developed— So because Kabuki was highly visual in nature and had a single actor that often assumed various roles within a play, Mm -hmm. Kabuki developed a system of visual shorthand that allowed the audience to instantly clue in as to which character is on stage, as well as emphasize the emotions and expressions of the actor. So a ghost costume consisted of three main elements, a white burial kimono, wild, unkempt long black hair, Uh and... Face makeup consisting of white foundation, coupled with face paintings of blue shadows, much like villains are depicted in kabuki makeup. So I'm assuming that's like oh, your yeah. contour. Okay. The the gap between your cheekbone and your jaw. I don't know, but that's just yeah, my assumption.
1: That, yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, that's very yes. cool. I thought that was interesting because you do see the the, obviously, that nugget. Taken to a more modern place with the all-white makeup and the all-white outfit of Kayako. and the hair,
1: of course.
0: Okay, you want to hear about some production trivia? Yes. Before filming, the cast and crew went through a ceremony where they were blessed so that nothing bad could happen to them while filming.
1: I love it. See? Just what we were saying. Just what we were saying about it being so in the culture that that would be a natural thing you would do
0: yes i think if they even said they had like shinto priests come and do that blessing they were talking about it on the commentary
1: dude i totally buy it i get nervous i literally just was like and that that chick oh i mean i'm sorry i didn't mean to disrespect you
0: like (laughs) exactly totally that's what i was gonna say that's their version no disrespect here no disrespecting any spirits we brought the shinto priests it's all good she
1: said yeah it's all good yeah. see we're taking it seriously here
0: <laughs> um the snapping and popping sounds that accompany the appearance of Kaiko were made with a hair comb so that's the the popping of her joints yeah stuff.
1: she goes yeah
0: yeah yeah but the open mouth gasping sound the death rattle was made by director takashi shimizu
1: Oh, he made those sounds mm-hmm. himself? Yep. Did he stand on his head and compress his body like the one <laughs> yeah. guy did in <laughs> Black Christmas?
0: <laughs> Doubtful.
1: I just feel like that weird voice on the collar in Black Christmas didn't have to be that extravagant no, to get that voice. that was voice. too much. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. I could just see this actor. <laughs> Wait a second, everybody. I need to get the voice right. And he's getting on his head, oh, blah, 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 me, my, me, mo, mo. And then he gets on his head and compresses and he's like, ah, and either everyone is like this fucking guy or they're like, oh, he's really, he's really getting it. 100%.
0: <laughs> 50, they were like 50, this fucking this guy. This fucking guy. <laughs> Jesus. Can you yeah. believe this? Yeah. But that's cool. Cause that was a really creepy noise. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. You can't shit on the final product, I guess. I don't know.
1: God, I just keep thinking about that story you told me about the ch- little children being st- like strays.
0: I love yeah. that.
1: I like what yeah, a painting that of that. I don't know little... what it would be because I'm not an artist, but something depicting <laughs> that that uh, folktale.
0: Stray children ghosts also depicted as Cats somehow?
1: Yeah, yeah. Somebody. Yeah. There's so many creative people out there. They can make something really haunting yeah. depicting that. Oh, well, I'm I would sure. I love it. I, I want hunt some really amazing artist to depict everything you just told me. Not like about <laughs> the whole movie. All the lore that you told me.
0: Yeah. I'm sure some of it exists. We'll just have to do a little search. Yeah. Find yeah. it. Yeah. I hope... I'm going to do these names justice, and I apologize in advance if I say them wrong. Yuya Ozaki, Takako Fuji, and Takashi Matsuyama all appeared in Juan the Grudge, the original in Japan from 2002, and Juan the Grudge 2 in 2003, upon which this film was based, all reprising their roles as the doomed Sayaki family. So, it's the same people who played the Sayaki family in the originals as it is in the American remakes.
1: Oh, so they just they just knew their character
0: that's yes. great.
1: That's very, very cool. I know I've been saying that's cool a lot, but it is
0: it is neat and uh on the commentary, I think it was Sarah Michelle Geller or maybe a handful of them talk about watching you know the director talk to specifically the woman who played kayako and they're not even communicating in words they're just communicating in like body language like she gets it because she's already done this for a few movies for him this specific movie right this storyline she's like she's getting it and i just thought that was really neat to bring the same people back who totally understand your vision and have done this you know they've done this rodeo before they're they're fucking in so i thought that was really cool too
1: yeah for sure my favorite scene of the whole movie was um, the very first scene where that girl goes into the attic and then her face appears. It's like my favorite. I it loved is, it. I rewound it a few times just to watch it again.
0: I know I've watched it <laughs> probably more, that scene, more times than I have the entire movie. Because I also rewind it and like to watch it a few times every time I watch it because it sneaks the fuck in. It's so sneaky the way they do it. So it's. Good. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's just my favorite type of slow build scare because you see it in the background. You see her face and you're like, you you can't, you you know, it's it's quick, but you're like, what is, what is that? Oh my God.
1: You know? Yeah. Like. And it's just enough. Your mind's starting to make sense of it and it's gone.
0: Yes. So like,
1: I kept rewinding it.
0: So good. Well, probably it's either my first or my second favorite. Scene of this whole movie. And let me just jump ahead to Yoko.
1: Fucking Yoko. Oh, I forgot. Oh, she was...
0: So scary. I love... Yes, the scariest... I would say, arguably, the scariest moment in this entire movie. It's
1: the same thing. Your mind is starting to put together what is wrong with her face, and it goes away.
0: Yeah. The editing. The editing... Is to the frame, just in this movie, of the moment. Exactly what you're saying. The moment you make sense of what you're seeing, blah, we cut away. It is so fucking spot on. I just love it. It's like, it's, it's perfect. It's really perfect, as far as timing goes. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, just in the first, like, 30 minutes of The Grudge 2, there were a couple moments that held a little too long. You know, I was like, oh, they needed to cut away from that. Like half a second before they did but this movie is perfect the way it happens oh god but yoko is my favorite it's she's probably my favorite minor horror character of all time and her scene in this where she's missing that fucking jaw i mean that's the moment that i think of this movie when i remember that it's pg-13 and go what the fuck no way Like, that is one of the scariest images I have ever seen. You know what? In movies.
1: In my notes, I did have, whose jaw was that? Because when I saw her, my mind was scared by it and didn't have enough time to compute what was really happening. She had a very long tongue. Her face was all fucked up. And then it was gone. Like, so it took me a minute. And I remember them really focusing on the jaw and so then I was like well whose jaw was that until you said it and I'm like that was her jaw that's what was wrong with her she didn't have a jaw that's why her tongue was hanging out of her face that's what was wrong with her it wasn't on them you know it was it was me like I was was just looking at her and then she was gone and I was like oh that's what was wrong with her and I didn't think back to the jaw until later I was like oh did they ever tell us whose jaw that was
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I would bet that they they cut away from it pretty quick so that you don't notice the flaws, right? Because a prosthetic replica of Yoko's head that's actually the actress's name by the way. Yoko Maki is her real name. Uh a replica of Yoko's head was used for the scene where a jealous Yoko attacks and kills Alex. So like I wonder if they didn't just hold on that for just enough time before you realize that's a prosthetic head. Yeah. Very likely. And so you, you, yeah. I get why you wouldn't have made the connection right away because it's so fast. But once you know, you're like fucking eel.
1: That that is why.
0: That's why.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, <laughs> so gross. So gross. And so perfect. And I just love it. I'm like, at yeah. some point, I would love to be Yoko for a Halloween costume or something. <laughs> like I don't know oh, how I would yeah. accomplish that. But oh.
1: God, you could accomplish that. I would love that. to.
0: Probably with makeup, right? Oh, yeah.
1: I see that stuff all the time. on um, like all these different... Our profile follows a bunch of makeup artists where they... Yeah. So I don't
0: could know could probably how. do it tongue. Like down yeah. the jaw or something. Yeah. They do
1: crazy shit where it looks like you're missing half of your body just by how they, you know, yeah. shade and do all that.
0: Hmm. I'm gonna have to start learning now.
1: (laughs) Or prosthetics, yeah. If you had a whole prosthetic where this somehow didn't look like a jaw, it just kind of looked like the inside of your
0: mouth mouth
1: and yeah, head, and then the tongue and stuff, you might you I mean you definitely could do it. Just yeah.
0: Have to learn. Mad skill. So good. My favorite, probably my favorite moment of this entire movie.
1: What's her name again? The main one? The main ghost? Kayako. I'll be Kayako. Okay. You'd be the really difficult makeup one. <laughs> I'll be
0: Kayako. <laughs> no, actually, we should switch. Yeah, you're better at makeup than I am. You should do that. Not that
1: good. Not that good. Oh, man.
0: Here's another interesting fact about the production. The house was completely built on a soundstage. It was built like a normal house, though. And the house set had two floors so that cuts, cuts did not have to be made when a character was walking up the stairs. But they did build that attic set separately so that they could have, like, more room while they were filming. Okay. And although the house was entirely built on a soundstage, the actors and cast still had to take off their shoes to enter to be respectful.
1: See? It's like that. That's just like, I love that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Total cultural difference. And they said in the commentary, they kept walking in with their shoes because it's a sound stage. You don't think of it as an actual house, Yeah. but they would like people would yell at them like, Oh, you got to take off your shoes.
1: So in the, um, I did notice this in like one of the final scenes when I, I believe it's when Sarah Michelle Gellar, Karen gets there to look for her boyfriend. She doesn't take off her shoes. And, um, I I mean, I appreciate she doesn't because you wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't think of doing that in this situation. So that must have been a call. Yeah. Right? Probably. Because if they were so serious about, no, you need to take off your shoes, then they must have realized, okay, if she stops right now and takes off her shoes, the audience is going to go, come the fuck on. I mean, your boyfriend is probably dead. People are being slaughtered. You're not thinking about that at that moment. Especially yes. an American girl who's there thinking her husband or her boyfriend is killed, that she's going to get killed. Is it going to be like, oh, shoot, let me take off my shoes.
0: Oh, oops. Yeah. They did yeah. talk about in the commentary a couple times that they had to talk to Shimizu about, okay, this is, this is what we would realistically do as Americans, Right. And so like one of those examples they said is, you know, at the end, Karen is wearing jeans and Shimizu kept saying, I think in Japan, jeans are a little bit more dressy. And and he kept being like, no, I don't want you to look dressy in this moment. I want you to look dressed down, like because you're depressed, you've been dealing with this, you're, you know, entirely focused on this. And they had to explain, no, this is what us Americans, Westerners would wear While being dressed down. Another example of that was like them being in the bed together. Her and her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And Shimizu kept trying to move the conversation like into the kitchen. Like he just he felt like it was weird and uncomfortable. Another a third example of that is the production designer created this house to be much bigger. Because he he talked about how like as the American audience watching this movie. If you look at a traditional, like, normal Japanese home, it's going to be significantly smaller than what you are used to. And I think they didn't want American audiences fixated on that in a way that would took away from oh. the movie. So even though the house is, like, it's actually very big as far as, like, a Japanese culture is, con- you know, concerned. And actually, the only people who would live in that house is, like, pretty high- cl- like, people who had, like, a good amount of money would live in that house. Oh, interesting. So, so I think they thought it was weird, you know? But, like, for they they tried to keep in mind American audiences and what we would watch and have a, have a noticeable moment with and remove that so that we weren't fixated on how small the home was. Yeah.
1: Right? Like, I couldn't tell who was wealthy in this and who wasn't.
0: Yeah, you well, and I, I mean? don't think... Well, exactly. I don't think we're supposed to. I yeah. think we, as the American audience, like that is not something that we're supposed to pick up on. But they, as the Japanese crew, are like, "Why are we shooting on this like massive house? are are these people fucking rich? Like, what is happening?" <laughs> and but I so I think there were like many moments where they had to uh, explain and make some sort of connection there. And I bet that that's one of those moments. I'm I'm bringing it back now, but I bet that's one of those moments. Whereas the American audience. I mean, who knows? Maybe even the Japanese audience. If your life or your somebody that you love's life is in peril, you might not think to throw, take off your shoes at the door. But I, I wonder if that was one of those moments. Like, no way I wouldn't do it. No way I, yeah. would, I, no way I would wear jeans. It's okay to be in the bed at the same time. Jeans
1: like, aren't... Yeah, jeans are very casual. The only step down they could have done is put her in some joggers or sweatpants. Yeah, some sweatpants. You know? Yeah, that would have been... that reminds me of depression cozy sweatpants, sweatpants. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but um jeans she didn't look dre- she looked very appropriately dressed you know she had jeans in that puffer vest because it was cold outside but you know right she didn't look fancy at all
0: that is the end of my trivia
1: wow good trivia very cool Thank i you. loved hearing all of that this is a very good pick i'm
0: Oh, excited
1: for silent hill
0: me too mm-hmm. i i almost messaged you 18 times throughout the week to be like okay lower your expectations i don't want you to get too excited like just watch it just listen just don't just love it i don't know what i was trying to tell felicia just love it <laughs> please and now god I'm gonna, just love it <laughs> now i'm gonna do that for the next two weeks for silent hill and well, so, I feel
1: that I feel nervous cuz I, I I think that level of excitement and love you have for this is what I have for the strangers.
0: Okay. We're on par with the Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. with the energy level.
0: We're going to have so. to love these next two movies, both of us or else we're going to break <laughs> each other's hearts. Yeah. Is that's really what it comes much down what's to. What's happening
1: here? Is there going to be a podcast in February? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just kidding. This might break
1: us. (laughs) This might break us. All right. So if we're looking, I have been struggling with, not struggling. um, I've been going back and forth between two scores. So that's what I have here. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking in the most inefficient way. Tawny has created an amazing spreadsheet and (laughs) I still open up our Instagram page. So I feel pretty, okay. Okay. So Tawny and I. I don't know if she's cutting that out or not. She probably is because we were going back and forth about scoring. It's important. It's important to us. So I feel pretty firm. I was going between two ratings. I was going between, excuse me, 4.5 and a 4.75. I was kind of going back and forth. And I am giving this movie 4.75. Especially after talking to you, um, really reliving in my mind the visuals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I watched it, I think there was, it was fresh with like those moments I was talking about with the acting or whatever. And I was like, okay, maybe this is, but now rethinking it all, 4.75.
0: Okay. All right. That's a great score. I'm t- <laughs> I will take that. That's so good. Um, I'm going to give this bitch just a straight up five because it's one of my Hell favorite yeah. movies ever. And even though I do think some of the ach- acting is a little shaky, some of the aching that I just, put those words together um I think I can't help but feel like maybe some of that was the language barrier between the director and the actors mm-hmm. and so I forgive that and I think but also I think there was a more of a focus on the scary moments you know the actual ghosts the Enrio themselves and I think that's okay in this movie I think it works really well And Mm -hmm. I accept that. And I have huge nostalgic ties, obviously. Went and saw this in the theater several times while I was 13. Who the fuck was watching me? I don't know. (laughs) But I just love it. And I remember those moments are stamped in my brain. I remember being just obsessed with this movie. I loved it. And I still love it. And like I said, I get giddy as hell. So anyway, I'm just justifying my five. You but could... I give this a straight up five for me.
1: I would have been... Actually, I would have been shocked if you're like, I give it a 4.5. I'd be like,
0: what? I what thought about What are it. you
1: talking about? Because, um, because you just are... You could just tell. Yeah. You know, you just love it so much. And what else deserves a five?
0: Right. Uh, yes. Yes. Totally. I thought about dinging it. But I just... I couldn't do it in my heart. And I know... Shout out to Michael from We Love Horror Podcast. He loves this movie, too. And so we are kindred spirits in that way. Uh, Just that I was, like, listening to him talk about it. And I was like, me, too. Me, too. I love this movie. So that's where we land on our ratings.
1: I love it. I have one thing to say. Um, I'm going to change my Sinister to a 4.9 because I've done it already. Because remember <laughs> Remember the episode you were like, yeah. I was like 4.9, you're like, bitch, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh shit, you're right, you're right. Okay, so I am, because I just relived a moment of The Strangers, and I think it deserves a 4.9. Okay, so we're demoting
0: enough. it. We're <laughs> demoting like a, it to yeah, a
1: 4.9. Yeah, just from a 5 <laughs> to a 4.9. How all update I'll update Instagram. You know, people are, they probably don't look at it this closely, but if they look at, if they listen to the episode and then they look at the thing and they're like, dude, what do you rate the movie? You're all over the damn place. (laughs) (laughs) I try to put in parentheses changed from a.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that way if people come across it later, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're not like, we don't know if we could trust these girls
0: um, because. (laughs) What's happening?
1: (laughs) What's happening? They can't even make a post. From the, the ratings that they talk about. So I'm doing right now, changed from a five on January seventh, twenty twenty. Just kidding, I'm kidding.
0: Okay. All right. Final-ish scores. Yes. <laughs> Final we can always go back and change them if we want.
1: So it's something, yeah, exactly. We're
0: we're just flexible. We're flexible over here. Whatever you want to do is cool with me.
1: See, I try to like think about the strangers, but then something gets thrown in the mix like Halloween where there's the nostalgia factor, but not the intense fear factor, you know? Yeah. Um, But still that nostalgia, you know what I mean? Yes. Just makes you feel all the feelings inside, so.
0: It sure does. And I think that's totally fair, you know, like we talked about with me, rating slasher films like lower just because slashers are not my favorite and so that's just Mm -hmm. that is part of our own personal rating system and you know that is it's what what else is fucking subjective more so than our own ratings of movies so we're allowed to let because sometimes I do get caught up in the like oh do I need to rate this differently because of objective reasons like it didn't you know, scare
1: i didn't i wasn't terrified
0: yeah other people you would know, like but, it it's historic yeah. like i i definitely get caught up in those
1: those Ooh, creep shows yes i was definitely in that spiral with creep show like me too we're going to offend a bunch of people if we don't rate this like classic horror movie highly
0: yes but again like i'm saying it's just it's our rating specific to us so
1: yeah you know, um, what was the ghost lady's name one more time? Kayako. 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 I feel nervous to glance around. <laughs> I hope that we did her justice. Yes. I just like I really no disrespect and and you were badass. You were the reason I scored it so high. I hope the score <laughs> was was acceptable to you just know that I knocked it down because of all those American actors
0: right <laughs> they, didn't all their fault. To,
1: they didn't know how to deliver their lines
0: <laughs> you know what Felicia even if you didn't mean to uh, offend her she's still gonna kill your ass so yeah I know. she doesn't oh, well. care
1: she's not yeah she doesn't even care you, doesn't two, even matter. Tawny, you know the story you no know I know we're too. fucked we're dead no. we
0: went into the house we're done
1: <laughs> good thing I didn't have my kids watch it with me
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Although maybe I mean again, I just as a thirteen year old who watched this and loved this, I vote yes. But
1: oh no, I would have my kids. I, I was I was just referring to the going into the house. They haven't gone into the oh, house. Oh yeah, is what I meant. So they're safe.
0: Oh okay, I got it. They're yeah. They're but cool.
1: They they were going to watch it with me. I would have watched it with them. It was just one of them had to be with Titi. Yeah, and because Titi couldn't be in the room, and um. And they, my oldest daughter sat next to me and she's because she was just going to go, you know, watch something in a room. She's like, I'll watch it with you. Then my middle daughter was like, well, I want to watch it. And I'm like, you just promised Titi you'd play games with her in your room. Fine. Mm. But I wanted to hang out with you guys. And there was this emotional. So I said, nobody's watching it with me. Mm. I'll watch it with you both later. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to watch it again.
0: Okay. This is one of those movies that is so worth re-watching. Over and over and over again, because you pick up on new things and you that. understand things deeper, like the timeline, right? Like we, we kind of broke it down, I think more so than you do just watching it on your own, but it's like that, the fingernail thing, just moments. It's really great for that. So
1: yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I think something was sinister. It clicked that time when the first time I was, I didn't really understand why that happened or I caught something. Oh, when I watched run again, mm. too scenes where it stuck up on me like when she's sitting in the kitchen that's all I'll say because I'm not going to ruin run and the first time I didn't see it then the second time I did and I was like holding my breath because my mom was watching with me I'm like oh there she is you know (laughs) (laughs) yes so um I love watching movies when it reveals more things to me or I could see things clearer in a different way so totally yeah
0: Um, so with all that being said, our next movie is Felicia's pick, and it is The Strangers. So let's talk about this real quick, because The Strangers that I own, I do own the uncut version. Is that what you're going to watch? Unrated? Unrated, yeah.
1: I'll watch the unrated version. Yeah, I saw them both available. I don't know which one I've seen. I feel like I've seen them both, and I didn't... The, the, ch- I could be wrong. The differences were so subtle. I didn't even really notice, notice the them? difference. Yeah. Because I've okay. seen this movie, I've literally seen this movie, gosh, like 10 times. Okay. And all 10 times, this is why I, I when I'm rating something, I always think of that movie. My heart is pounding and I am terrified
0: mm.
1: every single time. Yeah. It just brings me there. So I know at one point I watched The Unrated and I was scared. I was like, oh okay. my God, the first movie scared me so much. Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> so I was like waiting and I don't remember anything that was vastly different. So it it must have been subtle. I don't know.
0: Okay. okay. But let's watch
1: the unrated version. Okay. Yeah. That's
0: the one I got. So that's the one I'm going with. So
1: well, you could watch either version. Uh, we're watching the unrated version. The Strangers show up. Oh, God, I'm so excited. I can't wait <laughs> to do the research for this either. I just can't wait.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that, too, because I... I we just
1: want to start this weekend.
0: Like, yeah. I'm so excited I am. I started early, too. I started, like, way before I usually do. I was like, oh, I'm going to... It was, like, Tuesday like night. two hours before like,
1: the recording? Oh, that's me.
0: <laughs> that's
1: me starting yeah. research.
0: <laughs> me, too. On my Fridays off, because I get every other Friday off, I... I will watch the movie and do the research and stuff. Like, but this week I was like, no, I got to start on Tuesday. I'm going to watch the movie Tuesday and then maybe Wednesday and then maybe Thursday. And shit got crazy just due to the week. And I didn't end up watching the commentary version until today. So, but it was fun. So.
1: That's so, I love it. All right, guys, The Strangers next week. Watch it with us. Come on, just do it. Come I on. make everybody watch that movie. Everybody. I made all my kids watch it. All of them. <laughs> oh, I'm, no, not I'm TT. Pumped. Not TT. No. I, don't, I don't want people thinking I did not have. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No. But the older ones, they did. They watched it.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm pumped for this. So.
1: Oh, it's Steve, too. Okay, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> connect with us. We absolutely adore you. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Twitter, um, everywhere is two chicks and a flick except Twitter is two chicks HF. I always have to slow down, and you know why. AF, <laughs> you know why. Yeah. Um, um We also have a private Facebook group, uh, and it's super fun. We have cool people in there and join us in the conversation. We also have a Patreon. So for supporting the show, you get some extra badass perks. And you get to be a part of Badass Tears with Badass Namings. (laughs) We're so (laughs) proud of that. Um, So we're super excited. Please, please, also, uh, if you feel so inclined, it really helps our show. If you rate the show um, and if you leave a review. You know, the whole world of the Apple and the web and all of that stuff that's going on, it looks for that stuff. So our show is able to reach more people. The more reviews um or the more downloads, all of that sort of thing that it has just means that Apple and the web will make it more visible so more people can join in the fun. So we truly appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Anything else? What'd I forget? Um the only other thing I can think of is also if you love this podcast, share it with a friend who also loves horror. If you so plea if it so pleases you <laughs> please. I butchered that. <laughs> I butchered it. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <coughs> yes. We'd appreciate it. Yes, and I guess and that's you never it. know.
1: You never know who loves horror. I'm surprised daily. Mm-hmm. Just post. I got someone. Um, I worked with someone like, oh my gosh, ten years ago now. Um, he uh, Burns. Shout out to Burns. He lives in Costa Rica, and he was a part of the team in Costa Rica at this old job I had, and um, that that I went down there and trained, and he just reached out. Hey. Saw your podcast on YouTube. Great job! Gave us a recommendation. It's um, it's it's a film called Voices on Netflix. It's in Spanish. Ooh. Yeah, okay. and he's like, this was a really good one. And um, you know, you never know. Like, I had no idea that uh, I didn't even know he liked scary movies, and I had no idea he was listening. So, just like like post it. Hey, this was fun, and people might be like, oh, I love it. I love scary movies too, and then you've totally. made a new horror connection
0: yes into the horror community
1: let's get them all (laughs) and i also want to um thank everybody for getting through my coughing you're probably not going to be able to hear it because tawny is so great at editing but if you're watching the video you're constantly seeing my face turn to the side so i (laughs) apologize (laughs) but thank you for sticking with me thank you
0: yes thank you uh i'm gonna do my best there might be some that i didn't cut out but that's okay we're gonna get most of them so, hey, no biggie. Hey. Felicia's going to feel better, hopefully. God, you I can't even imagine.
1: all of these wrappers of all these cough drops I've been eating while we've been recording to keep me from
0: coughing. I hate coughing. I feel so bad for you. That's why I'm saying, like, I hope to God it gets better. You feel better. The cu- you can't, oh, God, just a dry-ass cough is the fucking worst.
1: I think you'll appreciate this. So I'm just gonna share this. It's this maybe way t- TMI, but I think Tawny will understand, and there's gotta be people out there that understand. <laughs> I've been coughing, coughing, coughing. Like I said, since the 28th of December, I started to get this pain in my chest, in my left breast. Let's just put it out there. I immediately thought, "Fuck, I have bronchitis and now cancer." <laughs> and I was so stressed out. My husband's like honey and I'm like no but you don't know and there's this type of cancer and it comes on fast and, and then one day I kind of was going like this and in, in like it's like my back area here and I hit a knot that was so much pain so then I got like you know like some warm balm and like right behind here in my rib cage and rubbed it and the next day I felt much better
0: oh shit okay <laughs> actually I have been feeling I've been feeling pain directly like exactly what you're saying like Right on either side of my it is like my ribs. It's where my ribs connect to my sternum or something. And I yeah. I've also been coughing a little bit. Like I don't have like a major cough. I just like every once in a while. I bet I'm also having like some rib shit.
1: Okay. See? I'm glad I said it. Because you might have disconnected and went into Jane and went, I still think, you know, cancer, you know, because you just don't know. The stuff's inside you, don't. you. You don't know. And so I was really panicked and then yeah, I just I, oh, it was hurt so bad and I rubbed it and then it started to get better. Okay. Um, I bet because last night I had a horrible coughing fit and when I woke up, I literally felt pain in the center of my chest from coughing so much.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah, even, I don't know if you noticed, but even while we were recording tonight, I was like touching it because it, like, Because it hurt every once in a while I get like a sharp pain kind of in so, this area. So, Tony,
1: if you're watching, was not just feeling herself up the whole time. Oh, no. She had some pain.
0: <laughs> I got a little a rib pain or whatever. Okay. God. Yeah, Massage but all these
1: muscles from going like this all the time and coughing and yeah.
0: Huh. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so. Well, shit. <laughs> <Just laughs> I hope you feel better. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was definitely the best way to spend the evening, so I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, if you got some chest pains, get it checked out. Everybody else, because <laughs> that yeah. is not some shit to be fucked with, okay? Yeah,
1: yeah. don't just assume Mm-mm. it's your uh, side, but feel yeah. free to get some massages, too.
0: Rub <laughs> it help. out. See if it makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week for The Strangers. And we hope you have such a good night without any nightmares.
1: Ooh, she said it in a new way this time. <laughs>